There was Sorry? a um, there was three boxes of unicorn poop arrived um, at the pub on. <laughs> your camera is about to fall, I think, Ian. Or are you is your seat going? No, it's just me. We were just saying for those tuning in, Ian didn't get the, the late notice that it was a white shirt meeting tonight, obviously. White shirts matter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so dealing six more Creed brass at the same time. Yeah. Ready for the next match. So we did, uh, I don't know, for the folks who heard earlier um, on a previous show, so actually I don't know if I talked about it on, on air, I think I talked about it afterwards, but I've kind of mentioned my my six Creed's been having fun and gains with overpressure. So we've figured out, yes, it's basically the, it's a combination of not a, a tight, well, it's the it's the reamer that's been used as a fairly tight neck on it or tighter than the, the Peterson likes to deal with. So if anyone's listening who's been using Peterson Brass and Six Creed more and been getting overpressure issues, please get in touch. I'd like to know if I'm the only person in the world because at the moment it seems it is. But um, yeah, the, the Hornaday is fine. We've got enough tolerance in there to shoot the Hornaday. I've got a funny feeling probably the Lapua or any other brass would be, but the, the brass and the, therefore the neck brass thickness on the Peterson is just a bit thicker. So I'm giving, I've only got about two or three thou. I don't know if expansion's the right term in the in the neck, but I, I kind of did a pile of measurements, set it all off to Peterson. and they said, yeah, no, you're you're pushing, basically pushing the bullet through the brass on the way out. So it's like, ah, okay, well that's but yeah, so, it's not expanding enough as it's no right. to release. So it's you're, you're not quite crimping again is not the right term, but you're causing a mass a lot more neck tension. Uh yeah, neck neck tension, therefore pressure build in the in the gun and you know, so yeah, it's um, terrible. It is. It's horrific. Oh, my pro- the problems I have. So, so yeah, I'm going to take um, – I mean, I was thinking I was thinking we'd get ream it out, but then I was like, well, no, nah, I've got, got um, a mate up here who's got all the neck-turning stuff, so yeah, we'll turn, turn some brass down, try that, and then if that's fine – because I've got 149 bits, 101 gone through the AMP, but 149. So – I mean, I know guys are helpful going, we'll just get some different brass, get some Lapua brass, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I know, man, but I've got 149 bits of brass sitting here that I've shot through maybe once. So, you know, I mean. Easy enough to turn it down. I think I'll do I'll do, I'll do. do it in little batches. I won't do the whole lot because that's a good way to ensure that I get it wrong. Um, so I'll just do 10 down or something, a thou off and see if that's enough. And then maybe if that isn't another thou and, you know, I think – I think just kissing kissing the cutter to it should be enough, and then I can also say I've neck turned all my brass. You are. I can get hoity toity about all the people. Uh, you know, oh, you haven't neck, you haven't neck turned all your brass. Oh, that's oh, oh that's why a, you're. Be a correct number that you would need need for it. I was in there. To, to how much to turn down? Yeah. Uh yeah, there will be a magic number, but I don't know if I can. I don't know how. How accurate can you get with neck turning? Am I going to be able to go like half, half so, a thou? So won't won't you better know from your reamer what the chamber is, and then you should better work out from your brass outside diameter what that maximum yes, diameter should true, be. True, but I guess is there a magic figure with how much expansion you need to have for it to work okay? Yes, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Who knows? Okay, what I'll rephrase that. Who knows what that magic number is? Go, oh, Peterson. I oh, forget. I have to go back. So don't don't ever start neck turning based on what I'm about to say because the figure will probably be wrong. But they they gave me a bracket between X and X. You needed this amount of expansion rather than going. Oh, you need this particular size for it to work. Um, so yeah, I, I I would imagine it needs more than it is at the moment. I didn't have any of these issues with the 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 um, Hornaday brass, and it was working fine. So um, who knows? So because the um, bench rest guys are going for the bare minimum of of course. Yeah. So then, yep. yeah. Well, that was always my understanding with neck turning is if you use a neck turn chambering then yes you're required to neck turn down specifically for it but most of us or most rumors aren't necessarily that tight so that they can deal with factory ammo and non-factory and just a bit more forgiving on it um and again i'm not i'm in no way expecting it to improve group sizes maybe sd yes maybe but i I mean i'm not that's not really what it is i just need more speed out (laughs) of it because i'm only doing two 2627 and getting overpressure out of a six Creedmoor, it just doesn't, it's oh. not even close. So yeah. I, the first I got I got three out of it for the for I was getting just under three with the Hornaday factory stuff, and then I got three of some loads, but then really came to the conclusion quite qu- quickly that I was actually looking at overpressure. So it's like, yeah, well that ain't it ain't gonna work because it wasn't extracting. So anyway, that's been my pondering. So everybody. Again, for those listening in, uh, hello to everyone looking in on the video. For everyone who's going to be listening in in the future, um, everyone want to say hello quickly. This is Kerry from Precision Shooter. Ian Hardy Rifle. <laughs> Go in. Ian Hardy Rifle. There we go. You get it? <laughs> <laughs> Introduce us, Kerry. You don't. Okay. Well, no, no, they need to hear your voice. Okay, hang right. on. Ready, wait, wait till after interest. Ian from Hardy Rifle. Yes, this is Ian from Hardy Rifle. <laughs> Graham. Turn uh, yeah. long range shooter. Graham from TLRS. Yeah. Thank you. Blair from Section 22. Yep, that's me. And the <laughs> South Island. You would think we've never done this before. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, no one's really complained. It's me just probably coming up with problems that, you know, I think I was watching another, listening to another podcast and halfway through, I'm like, I don't even know who these guys are talking because no one's introduced themselves. So I'm picking it was been a video at some point. So that's all good. So anything else? What, what, are we, what have we been up to? We had the uh, Alpine. Alpine yep. was last weekend, wasn't it? You yep. were there, Blair. Ian, you shot it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Graham, you're just going out to your backyard and shooting every day like a tinny bastard you are. I was over. I was over at. Ian's practice range, funnily enough. Uh-huh. <laughs> I snuck in the back door to where Hardy's yeah. just playing around. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, well, we'll talk about we'll talk about Alpine shortly. Anything exciting, Graham? Anything you can reveal? Anything? Uh, oh, I tried to shoot a stag. Oh yeah, up, but um, what well, it ran away. I think Ian's tried to kill it before the same stag, from what I understand. But um. So you were making a move on Ian Stag. He's been watching for the last five years, growing from my trophy. You're there, pot, pot shotting at it. I think it's about six. Six people have tried to shoot the stag. It just keeps okay. giving them the slip. But anyway, that, that didn't uh, didn't pan out for me. Old um, no reason, obviously. Wasn't there? Yeah, uh, I don't know, just old and wise. Yeah, and just me not being ready, ready to blast. But that's all right. And um, did a bit of practice 
bit of had a bit of fun, did a bit of shooting out there, it's good. And um yeah. Oh, I did play, you know, believe it or not, Ian, that's the first hybrid I've ever shot. I know, yeah. Um, yeah. I know, Graham, well, I was surprised when um, Anthony said that you hadn't shot one before. I know, it's, I just seen her comps and I'm always too busy and et cetera. Yeah. Um, it was good, 2 3 I'm in a 2 3 sort of mode at the moment, so we um, shot several hundred rounds of 2 3 through it, that was good. Um, factory ammo or your ammo? Uh, factory is the Aussie Outback. 69 grain. SMK, yeah. SMK, yeah. It's good. Works fine. Um, yeah, it's good. Good fun. Um, oh, they shot a bit of, bit of 260 and 6mm, but that's a bit limited at the moment. So I sort of just took over a little bit. Um, yeah, other than that, just normal stuff here. Just um, daylight savings is sort of ruining my um, plans at the moment to get a lot of stuff done. I get home at sort of half past five and See the kid, and then it's all dark. So it's dark, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's all it's, sort of pushing into the weekends at the moment. It's kind of happened, uh, even in the last couple of weeks. It's sort of happened quite quick. I, I mean, it, I always feel it's been more gradual, but now it's just like, oh god damn, it's dark. We must be back yeah. at winter or something like that. So we get us Kiwis, we get surprised every year by it, don't we? Yeah. Oh shit, it's dark and it's getting cold. Yeah, never, never <laughs> used to do it like this when I was younger. No, when no. I was younger, no, definitely not. The global warming or something, something, yeah. something's caused it. Yeah, it's the government. It's the government. Yeah, it's the yeah. and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> definitely chemtrails. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's all good. All right, so shoot, Alpine long range. Who wants to give us a quick? We've probably had it before. We've been doing this long enough. We might have had a, a brief of to what the Alpine long range shoot was, but I don't know. You're the local, Blair. Do you want to quickly give us a overview of what the Alpine is? I would um, I'd say the Alpine long range shoot is like exactly what you'd think of when you think of a field shooting match. Lots of quite a bit, quite a bit of prone stuff, a little bit of um, positional, um, but decent amount of time. Like no, nothing's terribly rushed. Um, pretty, yeah, pretty casual. Good, good fun. Good group of guys. Um, would you say it's Alpine and long range? I would say it is definitely Alpine and long range related. Yeah. The, um, <laughs> The non-magnum shoot to uh, 1,070, the magnum shoot 1,300, um, but most of the targets are five, six, seven hundred. There's a yep. whole, whole bunch in that six, seven hundred range. A couple, couple at one at nine, couple at eight hundred. Yeah. yeah. So it's the it's the one shoot, and I haven't been down for a couple of years now, but it is the one shoot I've managed to get down into the South Island and shoot. So um, is it still the same place? No, no, no. So no, it's shifted now. Yeah. Okay. When, okay. when you came, we're up the um up the Rakaia Gorge. Yeah. And um, still similar style. Um, and um, they've they've they tightened up some of the stage times for this year, which was really good. Uh, I thought I thought some of them were a bit long, and um, bumped the round counts up on a couple of stages, and um, a few of the targets where we'd have just like two targets where we'd fire five rounds at two targets or three targets, they extended out and added. Five targets, so there's five tar- five different targets for the for the range. So they did that on an extra three stages, I think. Um, and so yeah, it made made it much more fun. There was less targets at just that you were firing all five rounds at one target. Yeah, which is good. Made it a bit more fun. Less of an exercise than running a bolt. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So like in, any anything that was over. 700 well over 600 meters was just a single target um, yep. or, or two targets and um yeah so it was it was pretty good 
I think everyone enjoyed it a little bit more. The time limits coming down were, were better. Um, yeah. But a little bit okay. more, which was good. I guess it's the thing, we're at the point now, there's enough people have been to one or two of them that you still need to be challenged. You need to be challenging the guys who are regularly going to these. The balance is not making it too hard for new people getting into it, but I don't think we're really close to that yet no, for them really, anyway. There's a guy there in the non-magnums that hadn't shot a practical match before and he got second. So, <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. You're still chopping back that bottle of vodka, Ian. A big bottle. Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. big freaking bottle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I tried getting him drunk on uh, Saturday night and he wasn't having a bar of it. No, oh. I was not. <laughs> Maybe he's learned his lesson for a little, a Less few more months time. yet. Yeah. 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 You got you to gotta let him at least his brain at some level to repress or forget the last incident enough that he'll do it again. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he wasn't keen at all. <laughs> So, was it a was it a two day or as well? Uh, three days. Three day. Okay. And so, were you you were still performing optimally on the third day this time, Ian, rather than kind of shady and ready to go hide in a vehicle? Uh, yep. yep. No, <laughs> all good because the second day was rained out. So ah, holiday uh, day. Yeah. So we couldn't we couldn't really see the targets. It was just absolutely pissing down, and so we bumped. It was, it was, mild, it was mild rain, really. It was, it was pretty heavy for, for, for you guys. but Pretty oh, heavy okay. for us North Islanders, yeah. Yeah. But just a light smattering of drizzle for <laughs> you locals. Drizzle for, for Reefton, yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Yeah, so we, shoot, we, we shot on Friday afternoon, and we uh, the magnums and the non-magnums got through. We got like eight stages, I think, which was good. So it was a fair chunk of the match. Just yeah. But, yeah, Saturday was yeah pretty shit. So mm. I decided to call it. And um, shot the rest on Sunday. Oh yeah, which turned out quite good. Yeah, it's kind of hard if you can't see the targets to hit anything. Yeah, it would have just messed things up. Mm. So it was definitely a good call. Yeah, and a normal mix of new and old. You know, guys have been shooting there for a while. New guys coming into it as well. Yep. Yeah, was, there was a decent number of new guys, which was good. Um, there was a lot of a um, lot of teams this year. A lot of the guys that were shooting. Yeah. Um, Normally shoot Magnum or shoot and uh, non-Magnum were paired up shooting as teams. Okay, yep. Two full squads of teams. And then there was a squad of Magnums and a squad of non-Magnums. So it was, it was yeah, it was good. So was the was the, was the team a Magnum and a non-Magnum? Or no, you could both be shooting the same? The team is whatever you want. Okay, yeah, yeah all right. right. So I was just thinking, sorry, you just got me thinking, because it's we're all, I think anyone who's done matches and stuff and thought of the teams, we're all... Would have loved to have done a semi-auto and bolt gun team match. We, I'm sure, we all would have loved to do that shit. We would have yeah. loved to do a bloody pistol and a bolt gun semi-auto something, you know, uh, which obviously is not going to happen anymore. But I suppose I'm just I don't know. You do a magnum, non-magnum. I think well, maybe you could do a two-two-three and your choice sort of shoot or something. I don't know. It's yeah, some we've, way we've, to we've talked about multiple ways of, of doing it, and that's the sort of thing that um, Nick Fisher from Sparrowhawk is really into making mm. making it you really work as a team and whether whether you're sh- shooting simultaneous or whether you have to double tap a target each person then move on to yeah. the next one. Um, whereas the Reefton one you could you could shoot it however you want, whether you want if you one stage there was a string of five targets up the hill and you could have one shooter shoot all the way through 
and then the next shooter through shoot all the way through, or you could sh- shoot one at a time each. Yeah, uh, went up the hill. So you, you had multiple ways you could do a few of the, st- the stages, which was quite cool. Um, I think most well, people I, up shooting one shooter all the way through. Yeah. They? Well, I saw a few guys where they were kind of using one guy was not the sacrificial, but one guy was shooting it. So you had your wind and and sort of had a bit of a go for the other guy as well. And the other guy's able to shoot sort of having seen where everything was was falling. And I suppose I suppose if you're still shooting one each, you'd have the person directly in front of you doing that anyway. But um yeah, I don't know. I I'd like I'd like in my head I'm kind of like, yeah, what how could you do it to really force them to be integrating as a group rather than I shoot, then you shoot, yeah, sort of thing. So so, yeah, they brought the times down a little bit for the teams, which was good. So they may put a little bit more pressure on them. Still, you still had heaps of time. Um, yeah. Someone really cocked up, then, yeah, then there was definitely a decent amount of pressure on, which was cool. So good. You were shooting solo, group? Yeah, yeah, 260 in the in the non-magnum again. Yep. How about you, Ian? What were you? Yeah, magnum. Uh, interesting, this time um, I was shooting my 6.5 PRC. Mm-hmm. And there was only one other guy shooting 6.5 PRC, which was Sean Ellis, and then the other lads had all gone back to 338s. Yeah. Oh, okay. After yeah. the 338s, yeah, it was um, a change the last sort of two shoots. So sort of, a few more people had sort of come down to smaller magnums. Yeah. But um, most of them went back to their, their big stuff. Um, yeah. Interesting. Doesn't you know? You can you can do it. You can do it either way. It's, yeah, you still need to hit targets. It's still the, need to hit targets, but yeah. and the, the sort of common theory behind that is you can see a splash way better with a three three if you miss mm. on those real long targets compared to the PRC, which is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's been it's sort of been one of the discussions kind of leading up to the shoot online as well was there has been a lot of talk about seeing the impacts on target and how small can we go and still do it and everything. So um was our point like I, I felt when I shot it a few years ago anyway, there was a lot of um how do I put that? There was a fair bit of prone. So there was a fair bit of, you know, there was some stuff that was up. There was a tripod stage and bits and pieces, but it seemed to weigh a little bit more about getting down and shooting a long way. And if it's that still, is the case. Oh, it's still mostly prone. Yeah. So if that's a case as well, a 338 is probably less of a disadvantage to a more PRS yeah. style shoot where you're up on barricades and getting pushed around a bit more as well. So, um, I can see if anywhere from what I remember of the shoot, yeah, that's somewhere you'd be like, actually, yeah, I'm just going to bring out the big gun and yeah. and get yeah, a bit yeah. more weight. Could, could still easily, yeah, run run the big guns and do do well. But yeah. I, I, I still think that the smaller magnums are a, a more of an advantage still. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I contemplated shooting my 28 Nosler, um, mainly for the 1,300-metre stage. But then I just couldn't get ready in time and um, realised you didn't have 12 kg of powder to load up. Not <laughs> even to do it. I just, just yeah, I just didn't have time to get everything set up. So I just ran with the PRC and suppressed this time as well. So I was a little quiet, bloody cannon in the corner and all the big boys with muzzle brakes and three through eights were blasting all around me. How, um, did, how did you go on the 1300 metre one? Yeah, four hits. Yeah. 
Out so of, yeah, looking at that, so four hits out of ten. Yeah. Okay. And the only other one to get more than that was um, Phil with the three three eight edge got six out of ten. Yeah. It's um we we shoot that target twice. So once we shoot it from the bottom down by the creek at thirteen hundred meters, and then um, later on we move up and shoot it from the top of the hill on a different angle, and it's about seven seven yeah seven seven I think. Yeah. Yeah, and even shooting it at that distance, if unless you hit, unless you miss off to the right hand side, you, you can't see anything. It right. just it just gets absorbed in the scrub, and yeah, real hard to see. Yeah, <laughs> so it's it's yeah, it's entertaining. It's good fun. It, yeah, it makes it super tricky when you can't. Yeah. <laughs> and spe- speaking of seeing the targets and like talk, looking at impact on target and and um, how much how much the non-magnums can actually swing the targets. The, um, there was one stage at 790 metres that we were shooting it in, um, in the fog. And I suppose it's the Hardy rifle barrel stage because um, Hardy's put up a barrel for the stage for the non-magnums because we were shooting in the fog. And um, like you could, you could make out the target easy enough, but actually trying to see what was happening, was it was tough. It was really, really tough. Even... I couldn't see, unless I shot right on the edge of the target, I couldn't see which way it swung to see where the hits were. Um, like if you hit centre of plate, then you had no idea where on the plate it was going. And that was with the 260, so like a, a 6 mil Creed. I've, I've watched a 6 Creed shoot at perfect weather conditions and you had to be dead quiet and have real real good eyes on to actually see where mm. on the plate it was, it was going. So... So, so when you're using a six five creed, you're just having a bit of trouble telling which way you swing. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, it's it's been a been a long long problem. <laughs> I've heard Blair. I've heard commiserations. I, I get it. I get it. It's confusing. It's confusing. It is, it is. <laughs> At least with a two sixty, it's clear. You know where you yeah. are with a two sixty. Yeah. yeah, the original. So uh, um, related, unrelated, and also just to keep you talking as well, Graham. I saw a certain post I think that was up on a story uh, recently that might have been quite useful for ranging at thirteen hundred in the mist. Oh, terrapin! <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Sorry, I was <laughs> like a message you shortly ago. I'm feeding into you here. Terrapin, you used in there. Yeah, yeah. Terrapin and have a play with. You had to play with the yet or not? No, not yet. I got just it. Just uh, ranging out the window and anything that drives by. Was dark, <laughs> but um. And <laughs> it's not a lot drives by me. I'm on a. Oh, that's road. true. In the yeah. dark in the middle of nowhere. I suppose you'd be it'd range probably even better in the dark though because it'd be less interference of a laser. So yeah, um, yeah. So that's one of this weekend's missions to uh, get that connectivity all set up and running because it's not yep. just a simple. You know, it's not just a range line you can take out, put a battery in, and turn on. Uh, which, wow. which really I think they should, but you've got to fully set it up and either pair it with a cash draw and app register, et cetera. It's quite a complicated piece of kit. But, um, so I, I was actually slightly – so you can't you literally can't just go take it out and use it as a rangefinder. You have to have it paired to something. I believe so. I could be wrong on okay. that, but so far. I've only, think, again, I've spent very little time with it. Okay. I, I mean, I know, it, I know it syncs to everything and it's awesome for that as well, but, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can still range. Just get your yep. ping it away. Yep. So, yeah. well, it wouldn't let me. Anyway, irregardless of that, <laughs> right or wrong, um, 
Yeah, it's batteries in it? Yes. It's got a Bluetooth thing comes up. But anyway, it's neither here nor there. Um, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. It should be a, a supposedly a pretty awesome piece of kit. So it's um, meant to be the the cat's meow for rangefinders and yep. sort of manual sets. So you have play, but definitely not cheap pieces of kit. Um, so see if it's uh, worth the uh, price you meant to pay for them. So. Well, uh, I mean, I even remember early days, like Christian's always had, he's had the, one of the early Terrapins has always been floating around the big super boxy things as yeah. well. And I mean, they always were, there was everything else and then there was the Terrapin. So to see the new version come through, that was compared to the old versions, relatively affordable and updated. It's kind of like, yes, that's kind of cool to check out. So Yeah, and they up, they update too. They're not just a... Um, a you know, like you buy like my Leica, I've got yeah. That's that's what you've got. This has updates and um, all sorts. So it's a bit more modern. Um, but yeah, it should you know to feed feed info work with either your app or your Kestrel or be it Hornaday or AB or whatever. And um, the idea being that it just pops up on your device. Um, you can even control it with your phone. I don't actually know why you'd want to personally, but you can run. Tell it when to laser off your phone and all sorts of weird things. If on tripod, but um, yeah, so interesting piece of kit. And anyway, for the sort of long range stuff we're doing, it should be useful, I guess. Well, I've geared, seen the guy. Geared, the, oh, sorry. Okay, so it's geared more towards the like, you know, real long range stuff, and that, you know, beyond a thousand meters sort of thing. Yeah. Is where something like that becomes a real advantage if you want to range from up to three thousand meters or something ridiculous like that, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. With with extreme accuracy. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're just hunting out to 600 metres and mucking around, it's probably yeah. not to buy because um, they are very expensive. But, but yeah, it's, it's cool. Uh, but again, I haven't I haven't spent any real time with it yet. So that's one of them. Um, I'll probably have a plug the 308. It's sort of 1,300 odd metres this weekend. So we'll see how we get on. I think I think the uh, the idea with the phone the phone trigger was mounting it on a tripod, pointing it, and then triggering it without you having to push the button on it to disturb it. Small oh, yeah. targets a long, long way. Which again, for most us mere mortals, it's beyond what we're probably our use for it is. Um, but I don't know. I suppose if you're calling in artillery, it might be useful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's cool. Or <laughs> just just that my range finder goes further than your range finder game. Hey, and it's it's going to win it. Everyone's been trying to catch up with those those guys for a long time, so you know, valid. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like I said, there's a bit of longer range stuff on the horizon. Um, yeah, North Island. So yeah, but again, like comps, you're going to be given ranges. But then we we muck around a lot um, outside of competitions. We're lucky enough to be able to shoot a long way. So um, yeah, and, and they look cool. People like them overseas, so um, we'll see see what we think here. Yeah. Well, yes, you are given the ranges at the moment, but I think we're, you know, there's rumour floating around of events starting to get set up where you're not necessarily given the ranges anymore and you do have to start ranging and getting that data and figuring that yeah. stuff out as well. Um, yeah. So, you know, I mean, and but the flip side is I think when – it always used to be a case of a lot of the, there was always this undertone where we give ranges because not everyone has a range finder. Well, we're kind of at the point where most people, it's probably acceptable if you're shooting far, you've got a range finder. Yeah. Or there someone in your squad's got a range finder or something, you know? Yeah, there is certain things. That, so, and like your standard sort of field North Island matches, if we 
throw a range finder in there. Like you get, like you said, everyone's got one, or at least most people on squad. But it's just time. So then that, that stage is going to be a minute or ninety seconds longer, and um, it just makes the day go slower. Although some people, people are more than welcome to range their own targets. Um, oh, and some people do and get the yeah, kestrel out on every range and then re-range it and then look at the kestrels again and then try and calibrate their muzzle velocity all before shooting this stage. But, yeah. hey, it's all good. And yeah, we, all, we all go through that stage. It's all good. At okay. Sam's match down at um, Gore, uh, he, he had accurate ranges for every, every stage down to the metre and um, everyone still ranged every single target. Yeah, never trust the match director. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I suppose I've always thought of it as well. as like I, I do tend to think, I know Simon's fastidious enough that if he gives you a range, he's triple-checked by G and everything. But mm. the other part I've always thought as well is if my rifle has been set up and trued and I've been shooting and everything with my rangefinder, yeah. if my rangefinder says it's 100 and. Uh, 307 meters and his range he's given me is 309 or 12 or whatever it is it's probably 312 but i'm working on 309 because that's what my thinking and everything is set up for um so it kind of is like yeah no i'm shooting my system so i know it works for that so not, I, I, that, not that five meters is probably going to be miss or diff you know I, but yeah I, I just like to make a habit that i do the same thing every time yeah. Even when I go to the F class range and um, I know exactly what the ranges are because I've been there a bunch of times and it's written on the thing in yards, I still get the range finder out, lays it, write it down, and just mm. try to make it a habit of it. Maybe I start putting down the wrong distances. <laughs> yeah. Just just call a stage asshole yeah. and give the wrong distances on it and see if anyone gets the, the, the stage naming convention. I could, I could put the wrong distances and ban rangefinders. <laughs> all right, so then you've got to figure it all out. Yeah. Genius. Yeah, okay. Then we'll see who's been practising their milling and their reticles. Well, yeah, you can, you know, spotting. Which, I'll, I'll yeah. make it real hard and put it in the bush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and then give them the wrong target size as well. Say it's oh, a I'm not, not going to give you a target size. Well, no, give them the wrong target size. So when they <laughs> mill it, they'll think it's 300 and do the mass wrong, you see, so they can't work it out yeah. that way, you know. That's, uh, yeah. Um, actually, that's something I don't think we've seen in it. It's something Nick, I can see Nick would probably want to put that into a stage. I can just see he's the type. Yep, yeah, I can see that. Which but it's, it's all luck anyway, so it doesn't really matter. It is, unless you're shooting a 6 Creedmoor or a 6.5 Creedmoor, sorry, sorry. Um, no, but it's it's something I know Shane Corsar and the um, some of his shoots used to like to get guys to mill and do that whole process through, and it did fall out. And I, I, I don't think anyone bar military probably do that system. I don't think there's anyone, correct me if anyone here does it, but I don't think anyone is ever in the bush or using a milling system because we've probably got rangefinders if you're out that far. Um so, I don't know. It's one thing I could see someone introduce it and it would confuse a hell of a lot of people because I wouldn't be very good at milling a target. I'm not. It'd probably, it'd probably be fun as a side stage. Um, yeah. It's just, yeah, or, or do it pre, pre-shoot. Everyone has, everyone has a go to, to work it out and see who's closest or something like that. But um, as far as a, a shooting match, it's, it's more on your shooting than judging distance. Yeah. Well, you could, like say, you could have a, a side match afterwards without even there being a gun involved. Just get a spotting scope with a millen or something, and I don't know, closest bet gets the first 
Yeah. Something. I don't know. A bit of chocolate. Yeah. So, so uh, any highlight, new stages, anything particularly that sort of stood out? No, they just. I think they just sort of jigged it a wee bit, and um, I, I think I, I certainly enjoyed it more. I think I think it was the best one they've done. What about you? Yeah. So yeah. was that player first one won? I, th- I think it was the best one that they've they've put on. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, target target package was definitely better, and uh, another one or two trifold stages added into it was also good. Because they were the, I mean, even when I went, there was a dedicated tripod stage, and I think I knew it was there, so I had stopped beforehand and gone right. I'm going to be shooting off a tripod. Let's actually get some practice for it. And now it's kind of the tripods are creeping in pretty much everywhere. But were they sort of some of the first guys to have dedicated stages? They probably, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, from what I mean, they've been doing it a year, a year or two before I started shooting. But yeah, yeah, they. I never heard of any other one else. No one else ever doing it. Mm. I think when what's interesting, and it's because when I I did it with they did that, we had the shooting, and then the, yeah, there was sort of the PRS shoots towards it. It wasn't a PRS day. There was some PRS shots at towards the end of it as well, which I think is first time a lot of people done anything like that, shooting over a barrel or these the higher round counts and stuff, which kind of a few people are like, whoa, this is this is different. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. that's the it's the we've got to remember when I shot it was that that uh shoot that I shot phenomenally and phenomenal. Um one of my best performances of all time. It was um, it was it was very impressive. And um I don't think a few people will never let me forget the uh, action screw torque setting issue. Meaning they well, need to have some torque in them to function at all, apparently. Yeah. So yeah. um um, yeah. yeah, no, they, I, I helped. I was only doing the um, hunter class on that match because it was my first ever match that you came down to. And yeah, they had oh, three, three, was it three stages that they'd set up shooting off barrels and, and stuff like yeah. that? It was, it was cool. I really wanted to do it as well. Um, but it just took them so long to get through because nobody knew what they were doing. And yep. every, every time everyone got to, someone got to the stage, they would try and do something. And it was like, no, no, this is how you got to do it. And it was, yeah. It just well, able to get through. For me as well, I I think it was not a, it hadn't dragged on, but I was at the point where I was like, I need to get off because I need to go get back on get on a flight, and I already knew I was basically last. Yeah. So I think the last stage over the barrels, I pretty much just hammered through some rounds to go. I'm going to shoot them. I'm not. I'm not going to. There's no point in me just leaving. I might as well shoot it. But yeah, hammered through those rounds. I don't even know if I hit anything or any. You know, I was like, thank you very much. Got to go. See ya. I'm off. Got to go catch a plane. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, it was a great, great shoot. That's that's for sure. Um, so and, still, yeah, still similar, similar sort of set up to what they're doing there, and yeah, same ethos, I suppose. Mm. Good. They do. They so, do so, is there another shoot coming up this weekend? What are you reloading for, Ian? Is there a particular event you may have told us at uh, the beginning? <coughs> Boundary Creek in May. Aha. Uh-huh. Boundary Creek PRS. Yeah. Fifteenth thing to May or something like that. So you're just getting ahead of loading. You're not loading on the night that you head down to it. Is that what you're telling us? Hell no. <laughs> getting prepared. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got to change projectiles now because I don't have a normal projectile. So I've <sighs> just got to validate new projectiles and all that sort of shit. Yeah. What are you using in the 6mm? Uh, I was using the 108 
ELDMs, and I've got some uh, um, Sierra Sierra one hundred sevens. Yeah, and some A tips. Yeah. Oh, that that ruins my idea of asking you for some one hundred eights then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the, so the 107s and the 108s, they'll just shoot the same. You've just got to add one more number onto the onto your ballistics. One more full grain of powder to make up for the lack of <laughs> For every grain of projectile. Yeah, because yeah, you're down once, you've got to go up one. That's, that's I feel it. this is where I need to run a disclaimer across the bottom of the screen again. Is, uh, yeah. Never listen to any of us. <laughs> well, no, well it's, uh, the event's in winter. So you can oh yeah, oh, true. That's actually I had of course. Theory. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's you're true. also you're also moving down further down in the world. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, so Coriolis is way different. Yeah, more <laughs> spin drift because you'll be smaller, spinning quicker down there on the closer rotational axis or something like yeah. that as well. Yeah, Man. I hope you're listening to this, Ian. This is good stuff. <laughs> oh, I've just zoned out as soon as you said bloody <laughs> yeah. spin drift. Yeah. <laughs> Oh dear. I'll, uh, I'll probably start loading for that. Oh yeah. Well, probably the night before. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've got I've got three batches of ammo already loaded up and there's more more than enough there to um to shoot the match, but I think I will try and make a fresh batch for it. How many do we need for that? It's 160? About 160, I think. Yeah. Yeah, 160 odd. So yep. Yeah. I've got 200 108s left. So. Oh, lucky man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of projectiles, it was um one of the guys turned up at the pub with um three boxes of one forty seven LDMs with the original translucent tip. Oh, the older ones. Yeah, yeah. So, at the pub, and yeah. everyone just had to make the best offer. Oh no, there was fights and all sorts of shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bar owner's like, "Don't you come in here, try to stir something up with your yeah, one." Out from behind the bar, and <laughs> yeah. I'll be taking those, young man. I managed to get three boxes of 140 AMAX 6 fives, yeah, which someone bought back into my local because he hadn't used them a whole lot of 6 5 older. The AMAX is pretty yep. close, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and they were the old price of like $70 or something, so um. My, wow. gun, my shop messaged me, boom, 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 you want these? And, yep. So I'll pick those up in these couple days. Um, yeah, so that, that's handy. I don't really need them right now, but um, I can't have someone else getting them anyway. That's the, no, not, the not this week, work. but then there's next week. And uh, No, no, well, my neighbour um, shoots the 140 ELDM and there's the hunting crew more, so they should be pretty well close enough to that um, anyway, so. He's a lucky boy. He's 300 projectiles. I, know, I think at this point in time, it'd be just, yeah, it'd be good to be getting whatever you can get and just going, yeah, we'll find a use for them. Yeah. I mean, I got 500, 130 SMKs as well. Yeah. Um, from reloaders. And then a few hundred burgers, the 230 grand burgers. So there's a bit around. You just got to swap from Hornaday to something else at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's slowly cutting on. Hey, so we've got, a, we've got to inquire, Ian, as to what you're using for powder. Or what you're using instead of powder, since we all know that there's nothing on the planet at the moment. Yeah. You're just making your own powder down there, just a bit of, bit of you know, what are we, sulfur, corn, uh, saltpeter, making some stuff up? Yeah, I'm not going to go, not going to get too carried away. So, no, I've still got a bit of powder hidden away. So, 
Are you missing out for the PRC? There's some pretty big caches of powder around that I, I know a few people have got some pretty good stores still as well. So, yeah, when they start panicking, then we've got a problem. But hopefully, hopefully by then everything settles a little bit, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully nothing happens in America where they feel threatened that they're going to have farms taken away from them or something and they all start panic buying. It's unlikely to happen, I would suggest. Very unlikely. Uh, from from yeah. what I'm watching online, it's very unlikely to happen. I think they're quite settled there and comfortable that the future mm. of guns in America is safe. So I can't see there being supply problems anytime soon. The um, Talking about uh, loose actions and stuff earlier, <laughs> the, um, the guy, the guy that... Not won, knowing which way you swing, yes. Yeah, yeah loose actions. The guy yes. that won the, um, the barrel that... Uh, um, Hardy's put up the um, between each stage. He had to um, re hand tighten his barrel. It was coming loose, and he's and he still got ten for ten at seven hundred ninety meters. Wow, that's um, interesting. It was the be- it, it was the best he had shot all day, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's some odd headspace going on with the barrel that's walking as well. Yeah, and oh, even even better, he was fire forming his brass that he that he does not have a full full length sizing die for. So, yeah. Oh yeah. So, Actually, <laughs> speaking of dies, have you guys ever used? Is it the Forster the neck bushing shoulder bump die? The ones that so it bumps your shoulder like whatever, and then but it's a bushing. No. I saw your post looking for, it was you that was looking for a, wanting to understand if the reading body dies bumped shoulders. Was that you? No, or maybe that was Thomas. Yeah. Maybe it was Thomas looking for a 303. Okay. No, no, I haven't. Um, yeah, I'm mostly reading these days. Yeah. So yeah. it does the shoulder, and then you've got an adjustable bushing up and yeah, like, oh, you can change out bushings well. or whatever. But then it's also yeah. bumping your shoulder, so you can. But, but not anything to the body. No, so it's just pushing the shoulder back. Just you know, set it too far, or whatever. And then, but then you can change the bushings out for your uh, neck. Just saves me, like say, running just my bumping the shoulder with my body die, and then going to another stage mm. of exercising. Just me being lazy. Yeah. That's why you need your multi-head progressive, mate. You can just load them all in there and just run the thing through that. Yeah. Oh, it's it's just for the it's just for the extreme long range stuff I'm doing. Like I don't care for my six five three more. That's just full length size. Yeah, it's just doing that for a K. Or same with my six mil. Like you don't need to be fussy ish. But with the the longer stuff I want to do, I'm sort of being fussy. Like it's neck turns, it's milled, it's all the steps that I see as being adding value. And reducing inconsistencies, I'm going to do um, because I'm only loading up like 20 at a time. I don't care yep. if it takes three or four yep. days. But, um, Understood. Well, yeah, uh, it's just sort of the next level of reloading from where I've traditionally been is the issue. So just gonna... Danny, Danny from up here is just chimed in. He's got one for his 300 wisdom, and they're great to use. And he's a particularly picky bugger. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I know Danny. Yep. Yep. Okay. So there you go. He's the man. You can ask him questions as well. So. Annealing, annealing, hey Graham, how's your annealing going? Well, I got the cord. Do you know what's funny? So I messaged you about that. So I got, I got the AMP in from Kerry, and I didn't have a cord. So I messaged Kerry. I was like, "What cord do I need?" He sent me a link. Ordered the cord. Went to work the next day and walked past a cord on the bench. 
It was oh, the same the, one. There's the bloody yeah. cord I need. So now yeah, I've got I, two I, I, Actually, I think about it. I was going to call. I was going to say it's just a freaking kettle lead cord, which it I think it is. But but it well, I sent him a link. It's a head of it's a, but it's, it's yeah, like five dollars for a cord. It was nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's I. It was um. It was funny. I went I went looking for one recently and realized I didn't have a spare one in the house, which I used to have a box of like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of all sorts of cables. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, a standard kettle lead, no. So hence that's probably why you didn't get one because I probably had stolen it for something else. Yeah. But yeah, so I've got two. Uh, I've got some of uh, the um, pilots in. So that's yep. another one of this weekend's missions is to start getting that up and running and a few other toys. But yeah, um, so I haven't, haven't, I'll just turn it on. I haven't actually um, cooked anything yet. But, and then all the boys are lining up to use it. So I'll they to order their own um, pilots. That's for the ones I don't have. I just got a three and wind mag and a six five, which does obviously the six mil as well. Um, well, so yeah. some of them do cross over. I mean, that's the thing. I've, I don't know. I've found out five of them downstairs and that covers pretty much everything I, I'm loading for anyway. And yeah. Have oh, I'd like things. to buy a lot. I mean, they're about, what are they, 20 US dollars each? Yeah. 30 bucks, thereabouts. So they're not too bad, but to order a dozen wouldn't be the cheapest. But, but yeah, nice and easy. They turned up in a day. So yeah, that's another one of this uh, this weekend's missions in between a few other projects. Um, mm-hmm. it's, mostly with the idea of getting that three and one mag going. Um, yeah, I really want to get that thing going and start. Um, hey, sorry guys, I got to roll. I got to run. We'll Bye catch you soon. Bye. See you later, mate. And, Have um, a good one. Yep. Cheers, boys. See you. See you, mate. Did uh, anyone get any secret hardy rifle information off his backboard off the back? We need to like freeze it and zoom in and get all um, CSI on it and just see if we, we, need, we need someone to sneak in there and change it. <laughs> <laughs> Low. If we send anybody in there, they're going to get distracted by all the projectiles and powder. They won't get near the board. They'll just be like, they'll just do, oh. That's the ploy, yeah. You go to visit them and there's all the top secret info. There's all the shit you want in front of it. So you never <laughs> yeah. I, speaking of. In the plain sight. And I'm not just, <laughs> I'm not just um, blowing Ian's trumpet, but I won a barrel off them um, at How Tuppy Match back in January. Coincidentally, my gun is was in need of one and yeah that come back maybe a month ago two three weeks ago um and i've only shot a total of eight rounds to it so i just followed their basic breaking procedures it was like shoot clean shoot clean shoot clean and then shoot five and clean or something something like that anyway so i did that used the first three to get it roughly um roughly zeroed because new scope and everything and then um shot the first five round group during break-in and it was like a five round actual like point three group so again it's just one group that's uh, gonna get an average of them and but yeah it's so far pretty impressive um and what cal six five pre um that was just my bagara just kept the same same caliber kept it um semi chamber one eight twist still just mm. 24 inch i think it's a sendero contour stainless steel yes yeah, good awesome um so far, so good. Anyway, like that's and that's just the uh, American Gunner factory ammo, which is like an okay factory ammo, but still, it's a pretty good group, especially for a hoary field shooter. Yeah, you think he knows he hasn't actually turned the audio off his phone yet? We'll find out when we when he takes it to a secret meeting that he's going to. Mm. 
Yeah. I'll uh, I'll just I'll hang near the boot just in case he takes us somewhere he really doesn't need to be just, taking it. Just but... just mute the poor bugger in case he does let some secrets in. Well, I'm more more <laughs> more hoping he takes it to the toilet or something like that. It's totally inappropriate. I don't think he'll be you know be late night <laughs> meetings anyway. Um, yep. So no, so it's cool. So that's a Bagara. You went? Was it? Sorry, was the steel versus carbon or whatever an option, or was it a steel barrel that was on the uh, table? I won a. Stainless steel match barrel. Okay, cool. cool. Um, I, I imagine I could have paid the difference if I wanted to, but it's a match gun, so it's going to go. It's going to go with a bigger barrel, yeah. Because um, yeah, I mean, carbon's good. And we know carbon works, but it's still not a big steel barrel, in my opinion. So, um, and the gun is a practical field gun, so it's meant to be able to take a bit of abuse and. Oh, a bit of abuse, but a, a weight is probably not a negative thing in that context. So the, no, the no. Ad, advantages you get out of carbon are, yeah, the, the weight is what I need. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The weight's probably better than they still. You know, there is people talking about the the flex or stiffness you get out of the carbon wrapping as well. But I still think a heavy whack of steel is going to kind of do that job still as well. Um, you know. Well, I mean, I mean, there's again early days with it, but so far, pretty. It was doing the job, yeah. I yeah, can, I mean, I can see. Like all I need is a minute of angle. To be completely honest with you, I'm, I'm not a guy who obsesses over groups, but um. No, but but it's still but nice. Your gun doing that in the first rounds has already given you a hell of a lot of confidence in it, which probably will make you shoot it better as well. I mean, this is the other other thing is yes, you know, we all know that we, that's not the be and end all. But if you've got a gun that just seems to be humming. Your brain just goes, that's it. My, my gun is humming, and I think you just get into the groove a little bit better. But if the moment you've got a question about something that's going on with your rig, then you're your own worst enemy. You start second guessing everything, and it very quickly can go out the window. No, you did right. And this plays into the, the, the sort of hot topic of long range shooting in the last year is but that mindset side of things is yeah. not having that doubt lingering like shit is. Did I miss that because of me being poor fundamentals but or did i miss it because my gun's dicky or because yeah this barrel's cooked or right, right, right yeah so you're right it's um having confidence in your system be it in a hunting or sporting um situation yeah i think it's key it is um but i mean oh. uh, this is the trouble I, I went into a lot of comps in the past running new setups yeah or running setups try them uh, and having fully having setups that were proven at home and go, actually, no, I might shoot this, just see how it goes. And I'm thinking, well, actually, that's like a national level match. I should be going into it with my gun I know is mm. um, dialed in, the dope's pretty good, ready, 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 instead of being like, oh, let's see how this goes and handicapping myself. Um, but yeah, going, going in with that confidence in, in the setup. I think I think part of it though as well, and it's that like I talk about the Auckland affliction where we turn up to every comp like that because for a lot of guys up here, it's the only time we get to shoot them anyway. Yeah. So it's like, oh, get to get some new gear, try it all out, set it all up, and shoot. But yeah, you're right. You're setting yourself up to have a, a mirror of a time. But if we had what we still don't have, and the, it's just the the nature of things, and I I can't see it changing anytime that soon compared to, say, stateside, is you don't have your club, your monthly club matches where guys are out every single, every single not weekend, but probably every single month shooting locally at their club um, and getting to shake all this gear out. And, you, and probably you can could. do it at your 100 metre, but it's not quite the same as having a, a monthly, you know. If you wanted to, you probably could. There's enough F-class ranges around the country 
True. Probably no reason that you couldn't find somewhere within an hour to drive once a month and check some of the shit. Would you stop yeah, reducing you can, all my excuses, Blair? Jesus. Yeah, although you can check some of it, but you're also not like I love um, stages where you have to dial up huge elevation changes, right? So, oh, sorry, mm. um, uh, for um, MOA or Mills. Um, you can't really do that in this class range, can you? You can't dial like 100 metres, 700 metres, 400 metres. Like there's, there are situations where yeah, that field environment is, and for our sport, yeah. Um, it's harder to replicate, but I guess you could fear it. You could do it with a dry fire, but I mean, still, but um, yeah, I, I, and it, it is easy for me to comment because I can shoot most situations. Apart from really steep stuff, that's the only stuff I miss out on is really steep angles, which is a shame. So. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying you're included in the the reasoning. This is my yeah, justification. But I mean, people you can't me. have this one because you can actually <laughs> shoot it most weekends. I can, not yeah, several weekdays as well. So yeah, not now, but it's um, yeah, it true. yeah, you're right though. It's it's yeah, and so well, the rest of us with with new kit and, and like really you shouldn't, but if, <coughs> if your hand is forced or you've got oh, to load that, you well, your hand is forced, and, and it's it's fun. I mean, this is the thing. It's still a fun factor, man. I mean, this is oh, yeah. it's. I don't, I'm not telling people that they can't do it because they need to be competitive. It's like, I don't really care. I'm going to do it. I've done it, you know. Um, hell, I think I'll have, yes, next comp I do. Hopefully I get to shoot it before, but, you know, here's the scope off my comp rifle at the moment and it's probably not where it should be. It probably should be on the actual gun. Um, but, hey, it is what it is. So hopefully I get to put it on before I, actually I've got the, now I think about it, the Delta's on the 22, so at least I've got a gun that's actually zeroed for the next comp I'm going to. So You're shooting yep. that? You are yep. shooting too? Cool. Yeah. Yep. That's cool. Nice. Well, I should probably shoot more than 10 rounds for it to zero to actually get some practice in it. Might have to take it out this weekend. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that match, actually. I like, yep. I've got to redeem myself or do worse. No. Yeah, I couldn't do much. So top thirty-seven is the goal, wasn't it? Top thirty-seven. You understand this, Graham? You've got to. You've got to perform. You've got a page, man. You know, you've got to. You've got to perform, Graham. Big time. And and the YouTube, all the YouTube channels, and all that, <laughs> all that, all that money and sponsorship that flows in. <laughs> yeah, from my unpaid second job being a B grade social media influencer. No, it's um B grade. Yeah, I'm not C grade. I've got better. I'm nearly at 4,000. <laughs> yeah. You're classing yourself as a bit. Whoa. Okay. No, I, I, no, no I've been labelled B grade by Mark. He's <laughs> <laughs> just no, gone on to A, a level. Um, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Good work there, Blair. Yeah. And yeah. humility is humility is a, a certain aspect of New Zealand uh, culture. So really I'm A grade, but I just say B grade. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Full disclosure, I don't get paid for this shit. <sighs> it just costs me money, trust me. Yeah, Even if I get a cool gun to play with, I've got to spend $1,000 on ammo for it. So. Did, yeah. did you not get the check from Gra- from Kerry Graham? He pays me to be here. He pays me in, he pays me in Bitcoin. I don't know what yeah, that shit is. Full disclosure, I'm doing so well, I'm probably going back to full-time work in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> That's how well this 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 shtick works for me. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Ooh, New Zealand. <laughs> Yeah, welcome to New Zealand. So, but you know, and that's uh, that's the thing. I don't know. I'd be if somebody was actually full time paid to do this and promote this, I'd be very wary about what they were promoting because they are a paid promotional tool at that point. 
which is valid. Well, you know, but that's not. I, I still think it's it's interesting. There's still key, and I won't name them because I don't need to name them, but there's key, key people who have been floating around and are turning up to shoots and stuff, but I've known them long enough. Knowing them long, you get actually. If anyone wants to, they can buy one of my um, uh, photography prints over here as well. <laughs> should they need to, I've got some creative art down. Anyway, um, but yeah, I know a few guys who are now turning up to other streets who work for uh, reps for companies, but I've known them long enough to know that they were genuinely there because they love shooting, and that's yep. that's the other part of it. And yes, they work for a company that sells this gear now, and is, but but I, I couldn't happily vouch. For certain individuals that they're there for right reasons, there's other individuals I see posting. I'm like, you're there to sell stuff, so yep. which is also cool because that's how you make money and pay mortgages. Yeah. So, you know, oh, I, I don't have a problem with companies like that. Yeah, again, it's the sort of growing, fast growing sport in New Zealand at the moment in the um, firearms community, mm. especially once um, Three Gun got the bullet. Yeah. So to speak. Um, you'd be insane if you weren't jumping on the bandwagon. Of and course. There are and a couple of companies that haven't, and I'm just like, why haven't you? Because – Yeah. But – Yeah. Yeah, and it's – it's, it's um, but it's, it's, it's still – you've still got to think about this, but it's actually – it's popular, but it's still a small of market. Like, say, if, say, North Island competitions, right? There's bugger all. Like, it's so much better than it was, but – so you got between Simon and I, there's our – Four major centerfire comps. Um, there's rumours of another one adding in. Maybe um, there's Simon's got a couple of rimfire events, but so if you add up all that attendees, it's like maybe six hundred over that point, and it's probably the yeah. same 60, 70. And there'll be a so. big whack. By comparison, duck season's coming up, so I've got no question which way I'd be exactly. focusing right now. That's exactly. no question. But there's a lot of there's a lot of time in between that. Yeah, you could, and, could. But there's also, there's the sides show to all of it is that there's a lot of people who watch it, they like it, they they build the guns and they just muck around at 100 metres with them or they want a big scope because they think they're going to hunt a long way uh, or they want one just because of whatever reason they don't compete. So there's a massive amount of the precision world in New Zealand don't compete. They're just yeah. part-time enthusiasts or passing interest, etc. They might fish as well, like say hunt, duck shoot. Um, so it's not just us core group of competitive guys and then there's like obviously F-Class and there's all the other um, precision sports that I've, I've got nothing to do with um, again they're spending money building mm. guns and then also I guess people see like hardy barrels winning competitions or target dynamics guns winning competitions and they go shit I might get them to build my custom hunting gun or, or whatever or a true you know true flight they're accurate they're winning F-Class okay they can build my gun for shooting a deer at 100 metres yeah. Um, because people think that matters. But, see, so yeah, it's all advertising, <laughs> isn't it? It's, it's just... It's, it's it's been, it's, what you're saying, Graham, is we're, we're F1 and we're... we're <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're Formula One. Yeah. We of. are the Formula One of shooting. Without, 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 without all the uh, <laughs> scantily clad ladies. <laughs> no, they're not allowed to do that anymore. What? Yeah. What's, yeah, what's the point of the game, then? I don't know. I'm sorry. This is it's going to seem quite random. I saw something today, and it's totally. I there, there was a. There's been a new boat commission for the Australian Navy or something, and they had a dance yeah, group in front of it working. <laughs> hey, no, no. I thought they were taking the piss. I thought. So it was did I, because they cut to the guys in their full dress, yeah. standing there, sitting there, quite, and then 
true. And I mean, separate from whoever the dance troupe themselves, fine, cool, good, whatever. It's all who the hell booked figured How that that was going to be appropriate for apart from some junior who was just laughing and was on the way out and thought this is you know. I, I, thought, I thought it was two separate videos being spliced <laughs> together. I, I thought it had to be, and then I read the comments when no, it's holy hell, it's serious. I I don't sure sign that off, but they're in trouble. <laughs> Someone's getting a flogging for that, eh? Yeah, yeah. It's somebody, awesome. somebody jokingly said that the the stag do must have been a weird event because if they've cross booked them, what's turned up at the stag do instead? Like bagpipes some lady, or something. Like, some lady singing the national anthem at the stag do, probably. Which, yeah, okay, that would be yeah. the navy. So they've probably organised the wrong group to begin with, anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're probably trying to encourage the the sailors to pay more attention to girls. <laughs> Hope you're listening, Joel. Oof. Shots fired. Shots fired. Uh, they're not very good with guns. Anyway. <laughs> oh, double. I shouldn't say this because I got a lot of respect. Good effect on target. There sports. we go. Well yeah. done, Graham. Uh, moving so, yeah. on. Moving anyway, on from so, me harassing so, the Navy. Yeah, that's right. So to, to segue us back, what it was kind of refreshing, I had a couple of guys um, drop rifles in today for me to set up. And I've always had this thing where I've talked to people, you know, we're setting up rifles, these rigs come in, I've had some phenomenal rigs come in going, what are you planning on shooting this to? And some guys like, not very far. I'm like, well, at least you know that. Or other guys like, way too far, considering <laughs> you've never shot the gun. And I try, honestly, I'm like, dude, this is a beautiful rig. We'll shoot out as far and everything, but please, for the love of everything holy, shoot it before you go out and try and shoot an animal with it. But it was refreshing because I had two guys come in today who both were like, no, man, it's a it's a bush gun. I want a nice rig, but I've got no intention of going first 120. And I explained this whole, like, how accurate do you think this gun would be? And I said, well, it could be one, two MOA, something like that. Two MOA is good for, you know, but he's like, yeah, man, it's like fired, you know. So it was kind of refreshing to guys also framing their, I'm a bush hunter. I'm not planning on going any further. A long shot, something turns up 300 metres. That's about as far as I need to. I'm like, your rigs are capable of more than that, but you guys have set your own frames and, uh, you know, your own parameters for it, and that's what's kind of awesome, you know. Yeah, responsible. Well, I I was was pondering it today, and I know this is – it's going to – the words are going to be tricky, but I'll just say it and see if we can figure it out. But I've been watching, you know, a lot of stuff coming up on Facebook where guys are shooting a lot of animals during the raw because you only see the animals that go down during the raw. And there is a number of how far you've shot it seems to get attributed to these. And I'm seeing this thing of guys uh, that's becoming the a little bit of a how far have you, did you shoot it away at? And, you know, and it's, well, it's cool and it, yes, it's good. And, and I'm not trying to discredit, I'm not trying to take a punt at people, but I'm just weary of how far you shot that animal becoming one of the metrics that people are using, I suppose. Where how they it, measure the success. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, oh, you got it at six. Oh, you got it at, and it's just like, it, it's cool, man. But it, it just, we need to be very careful because I'd say a lot of those guys, to be blunt, hitting them at five, six hundred, they could have hit, they could have missed. They hit, so they hit, and that's I've never that's shot, the story. I haven't shot a deer with antlers yet, but isn't the whole point of the roar to get them in close because that's what they want, that's what they're going to do, and that's. What I suppose it, I suppose that's the irony, Blair. Is yes, it's one time of the year you should be able to, in yeah. theory, roar them in. Whereas the rest of the time, you, you shoot, shoot what you can get. You want to shoot something at distance, shouldn't you be waiting until where they are a bit, bit spooky and a bit more wary? Whereas at the moment, you should be just yeah playing the game, trying to get them in real close. 
No. I mean, everyone's idea of what the raw is and success in the raw is going to be different. It is. I, I thought you were going on what is hunting, which you actually, you took it in a different direction. I thought it was even going to be with the raw factor, yeah. um, which that's, yeah, no, it's, that's, but, it, but yeah. it's all, it's all different opinions. Like, of course. Um, there's no, and we're all no, entitled to our opinion, Graham. Is yeah, what that's I'm, what I mean. There's no, I'm there's no, as well these days. There's no rules, right? We're hunting. Well, there's, there's laws, but they're not rules for hunting, you know. But yes, in respect to, to how we. I know. So, and this. I mean, the, the, the beauty of the raw is, again, I'm not an experienced raw hunter. I'm not experienced. Um, Neither. So we've got non three non experienced hunters commenting yeah, on long range yeah. hunting. Although yeah. we've, we, you could say oh, that we do I've share some of, experience yeah. in long range shooting. So I've done a lot of long range, well, medium range pest control and some stupider long range pest control when I was younger, which I'd now consider stupid. Um, yeah. Looking back, I'm not, not, I'm not uh, ashamed to admit that I've, I've done some things. I sh- well, I hit the animals, but I don't think I should have taken a shot. Now that I'm a much better shooter. Uh, but anyway. Um, which is which is ironic because the better the shooter you get, the less you are inclined to shoot further. That's I point that out to what, a lot of people. What's the saying? It's I forget who coined it, but if you're if you're surprised you hit the animal, you shouldn't have taken the shot. Yeah, I I always credit that to Stephen Ranella. Yeah, there you go. And uh, and and I don't know. And it's just, but like the okay, the raw can be handy because you might not, you, the, the, the stag comes out into a clearing at 500 metres because he hears you roar from across the gully, I don't know. Or he comes in 10 metres because he thinks you're trying to get on his girls. So, <laughs> different, I mean, yeah, I don't know. And it depends where you're hunting, can you get close enough, a half a hundred things in it, so depending what tools you choose to use. But It's it. And, and, and there's plenty of people out there who are way competent and are happily competent at shooting those things at extreme long distances as well. I guess all I just caution people is again just social media it's just like don't think that 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 one of the bragging points of how far you shot it needs to be an important metric well we've um, said it before about i always bring this up but like girls on instagram they see instagram models and perfect lives and no stretch marks and all that bullshit we're well, the same. hey, we're the how, same about, how about how about blokes <laughs> with massive biceps and pecs and and perfect model bodies? Because well, I mean that's trouble. You're well. looking at you're looking at me here, and I'm just a stud. <laughs> you know, how do we keep up with your I know. the perfection that we see through Graham? It's, it's, I know. it's, it's unfair. They, they call it's me Mr. Taranaki. The rest of the, yeah. yeah, I'm Mr. Taranaki. So it's like <laughs> you know, this isn't this isn't true. You know, it's it's all it's all a bit of a have. I haven't even lost this much weight. I'm just lying. Um, <laughs> you've got yeah, a you've got a video filter running. Yeah. Um, no, no, but it's it's the same thing. Like you see these long shots, you see these perfect groups, you see super high end guns, all this crap, and it's it's rose tinted glasses, and it? it's it's there's twenty shit groups, there's four wounded animals, there's ten missed shots, there's there's all the other stuff you don't see, and, and, and there are guys who are good at it, like you say, but um, you've got to filter through the crap. And, um, well, but it's also you know, even the guys who are good. With people who shoot enough, know that there must be still misses and some and some strange injuries. And I've seen even some YouTube videos where there's a miss, and you're like, "Yeah, that's that's a miss." But if it yeah. was a hit, you would have called it a hit. Where's that in between? Because that must happen as well. It's not everything is a, a yeah, dead on hit they, or a clean. They're miss. just not. They're just not going to put it up. And but like, there's also different ideas on what's an acceptable distance, like. A 300 meter shot might have seemed a long shot 15 years ago, but now you're like, it's a pretty straightforward shot from a comfortable prone position with an accurate rifle with yep. appropriate energy, etc. 
even 400 in good conditions, you, you know, you're like, actually, that's not so bad. But once it gets out further than that, that's where I start questioning, should I be doing it? I saw a video recently and the guy was talking about it and there was a, it was a long shot across the valley and he's looking, he's lining it up four or five hundred metres, maybe. Or not, and he said, I'm not taking it because the wind's too all over the place. Yeah. I'm like, fantastic. That's Perfect. that's the stuff you want to be able to see because that's the reality of the decisions that we should be comfortable making. The um, um, Talking about wind, we um, over the weekend, it was pretty light winds most of the weekend. Like, I think the highest we got to was probably 16, 18K winds, so 10, 12 mile an hour. So it's not, not huge, but enough to put you off target. But when it was what you would say no wind, there was definitely some wind, and like when we we had no wind at um, at the firing point, and seven hundred meters, I ended up having a mill on, mm. and you couldn't tell, you yeah. could mm. not tell that there was that much wind out there, and Just, and 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 like most guys were left and right of the target that that whole that whole stage because you could not see what was going on, so how can someone that yeah going to shoot an animal with Four or five hundred meters when they say there's no wind, but there's all there's always wind. Yeah, yeah. It's what well, it, we talk about competitions all the time, and for good reason we like it. But there's a there it is good practice, and this is where like the hunter class events are good up here, um, and in the open and stuff. But it's getting familiar with your rifle. Like if you're an average hunter, you might shoot like ten rounds a year if you're lucky. You might check the gun three shots once a year. Righty, righty, right. Couple shots at 200, 300, whatever, and then that's you. You go hunting. You do the raw. The gun goes back in the safe, and that's it. Same the next year. So you're actually firing very little ammo. You're not familiar with the system. Generally, your recall management is terrible. Righty, righty, right. Right, because you're not shooting. So if you and, and I suppose which you may, but if you're shooting in the bush at fifty to a hundred meters, exactly. Exactly, because there's a lot of there's a lot of people that go, man, they're, they're a really really good shot. They've shot 180 deer, but like you say, they're at 20 meters, so you could probably do it. With Which a is where a lot of New Zealand hunting, I you know, yeah. we acknowledge that it's only yeah, the so, longer ranges have come in in the last couple of years. Yeah, so maybe they're a good stalker rather than a good mm. shooter. But anyway, anyway, that's neither here nor there. But if you do one or two comps and say that comps, say it's just the hunter class at Tarada, it's 50 rounds or 60 rounds, so three boxes ammo, not the end of the world because usually you shoot a bit of factory. Uh, varied positions, shit that makes you think, um, uh, with, you know, time management, stress, etc. Just basic rifle fundamentals. It's a good way of practicing. That's We've seen it um, with a new series in the States, the NRL Hunter, yep. uh, several classes. Now, Americans hunt differently from us, and they build a lot of very expensive chassis-type guns for these hunter events, but they've got weight limits. The light classes, like 12 pounds. So for me, that's like a viable hunting weight. Um, and it's a, each stage is a, you have to find um, and range and engage the target. So mm. it's pretty cool. You only get two shots at each target and you have to move on. Um, but they're pushing that hunting aspect into a competition scene. And it's also, I guess, to try and attract newer shooters too that don't have to have a, you know, a $20,000 gun. Um it's that. Well, it's the gateway practice. competition, really, which is for yeah. us, for here, the 22 shoots are going to be that gateway because they get into that yeah. and oh, shit, I could do something centrified. But, yeah, exactly. that's why the, that's why the I think the hunting divisions and classes are always important in comps 
because it is the easy way in for people who have not necessarily come from a shooting background. I, background. I, I see that over there becoming just as popular as their main NRL stuff. Because mm. it's like you say, it's an entry, but it's also a different, that range and engage style. The um, yep. You don't shoot from a marked position. You shoot from like a Ipswich style box where you've got like a five metre square. There's your, there's your position. Shoot from where you want. So you might not be able to see your targets, et cetera. It's just making, planning, um, moving if you have to. Um, I quite like the concept. Um, kind, kind of like what um, Sam and Nick Fisher did in that Sparrowhawk hunt where they had animal 18 animal targets and they, um, yeah, they only yep. got points for the first, first round, but you got to shoot three rounds if you wanted to. Yeah, I guess similar. Yeah, and but yeah, this was all. Yeah, it's cool. I th- I think it's. I've I've seen America go down the hole um, with their PRS, and not so much the NRL, but most of the PRS. But that it's become like big money, big sponsorship. Uh, very similar. I, I, stages. I think I think the NRL, Travis, and those guys kind of saw where the PRS was heading, and that formed the NRL and yeah. then formed the NRL 22. And it's just, it is almost their natural, the, the yeah. split between what they're, they're looking at kind of doing. And and the PRS is having all sorts of issues with yeah. how people view it and um, et cetera. And, you know, the production class being won by a gun that you could theoretically buy that's produced by the main match, by the main series sponsor. And then it's like, only, oh, only, after, only after the winner got taken out. Yeah, yeah. So like this, this it's like big, okay, it's big money, right? But it's I think it, yeah, it's, it's a bit odd. And then so I see this NRL hunter thing as a good thing, and, and like I think the NRL is a bit more um, true to the sort of shooting yeah. discipline. Uh, but again, that's just my opinion. There's people that love the other stuff. Oh, I, I think they're both valid. I think what it is is we're just seeing the split into basically maybe even clearer as to what the two different sport organisations, whatever, are kind of about. And it's 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 fine. I don't think there's no problem with the PRS being big money, big, 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 greater than, than life sort of thing. That's fine. Again, you're back to Formula One or NASCAR, you know, it will just become the NASCAR version of it whereas the the organization the like the um applebee's is canada's applebee in it apple seed applebee the 22 shoots no american's apple seed <laughs> no well what's what's america do they have that no they've got that yeah okay so but that's more of a um a shooting training involvement program as well and What's the, there's a connect it was they they call it maple seed i think they were start i was watching something they were starting maple anyway yes yeah. So yeah, I can see the NRL and the, and the PRS. That's to me is an obvious split. And yeah, those hunter things will be picked up. Just, um, just, just the same as what happened with Ipsic and whatever the other one was, isn't it? Isn't it? What was the other one? The USPPC. Oh, USPSC or USPCP. Yeah. yeah, the two the two pistol ones, and yeah, they yeah they had they had a bitch fight, and then they yeah didn't like each other and. Yeah, stop inviting each other. We loved each other, but it just was never going to work out. Yeah, I see. I see see in Australia they have um, they're getting more sort of teams and sponsors and individually sponsored shooters, not like professionally paid full time shooters, but um, in in their series. And obviously they're tied in with PRS. Um, 
I, I see it happening in New Zealand to a smaller degree. Like when I say I see it, I see it happening in the future. Mm. Um, as again, it's popular. Um, uh, people want to sell their products, so they want the top shooters to be shooting whatever insert this action and this chassis, whatever. Um, I also see them wanting to pair it up with social media, though, too, because you can like say sponsor Blair. Blair's number one, but he doesn't do social media. So they're like, well, actually, probably not the best. Idea. You know, that's not the best fit for us. Where they go, well, Kerry come fourth, but he's got good social media. He's Insta famous. Well, yeah, no, it's a little about selling shit, isn't it? So, you know what I mean? Influencer. Influencer. <laughs> B grade. It's all, it's all in the ginger beard. Dynamic. Dynamic. <laughs> Yeah. I had to trim the beard down, you see, because apparently it was it was affecting my influence level. The longer beards were no longer popular with a certain demographic, cool yeah. so we had to go back shorter, you know. Yeah. And but the no, but slightly yeah, longer I, hair, the undercuts went out. So, yeah. I, you know, my stylist said it's time to change, Gary. Mm. You can't yeah. you can't say the same. But I, but so I, I do see I do see more companies supporting shooters. No, you're not like like shooters. white t-shirt manufacturers, for example. I think they're going to make a big push. Into I, the I actually did shortly. get this. I actually did get this from Target Dynamics. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't pay for it either. Uh, hey, if, if the, the purveyors of this want to send more out, which... Uh, What's that one? It's an icebreaker. Bonds. Oh, icebreaker. Bonds. I can't feel that shit. Um, but yeah, no, I, I see that sort of it's thing. It's actually not white. It's snow, if anyone's interested. They don't no, do that's, white. No, the, do I'm from Taranaki. We just have one. We, <laughs> I said, oh, it's great to see you do a white shit. Oh, no, this is actually, this is snow. We don't do white because that would mean we'd have to bleach the, well, it's freaking white, but okay, that's cool. <clears throat> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, enough about our T-shirts. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think, I think that's the way these events are going as they become more popular. For the good or the bad, um, there's not a lot we can do about it, or sh- I don't think we should be anyway. But I don't, I don't think you need to. I, I, I uh, the only thing I would ask is, is, is um, uh, and again, not targeted anyone specifically, but as long as people are just honest about what's going on, that's I think that's kind of you know, the, the one thing I have noticed recently, and I'll um, and you, you'll have seen it as well, Graham, because you, you will just will have, but as people asking for advice on a group and the responses they get are for people saying call the store we sell this yeah it's starting to i'm like add value lads this is your opportunity to add value not oh we have those it's like that's not adding value that is just jumping on someone else's platform basically unless unless it's projectiles or powder and someone saying unless it's something we need in which case hell shit yeah just let us know that you've got it but yeah Yeah. when you've got three people going oh call me i'll give you the best price on it you're like well where's the value add on it man well this is this is one thing i've moved away from with the social media i do in the last few years is groups groups are not productive places for much i've found yeah well me and blair had it the other day uh just like just some drongo shit happens and some poor guy asks about one thing and you get the whole buy night force answer or buy it. Why would you do that? Why would you not shoot a three threat lapu? And you just get these just stupid answers. People reading someone's response that didn't actually read the original question and mm. going off on a tangent. Yeah. And, and then just dribbling and then involving other people. And, and it's, it's not helpful, especially for new shooters. They're just trying to ask, man, is this going to work for me? And most of it's going to work. It's not that freaking hard, but 
Um, I suppose it's hard because, yeah, you, you almost want to give the advice of, like the gun that you buy is going to be the best one for you. And unfortunately, all the advice we give you, and I've, I've done it as well. So like, what's the best cartridge? What's the best caliber? It's like pretty much, I pretty much end up saying just buy something because you're going to want to change it in a year or two anyway. So Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just buy something you can get ammo for. And yeah. I, I guess there's, there's there's the danger of them just getting that completely wrong. So there's is their fine line of going well because we are everyone. I'm sure everyone talking here wants to give people the right advice, but at the same time, we're all probably at the point where we don't want to bog people down in the advice or in the opinion. And some of it seems to be opinion more than advice. Um, you know, yes, I mean, I, I, I've had it for years. I get, I put a comment up on an article. Someone makes a comment, the first comment on it, and I read it. I'm like, you haven't read the article that I've linked to. Yeah. You've read the headline. There was that, which I put up once a year. There's that, there's that link, which has got an inflammatory headline for it. And then the article was actually writes about, my God, you actually click through and read this article. This yeah. article is about how we can get comments based on inflammatory comments where people aren't reading the comment, the article. And I had it recently that I'm just like you. You haven't read the article because the, all you, the points you're arguing are, are covered in it. And I want to have I want to have these conversations with people. But if we're not, if we're just reactionary commenting, comment typing a comment, it's just like no, that's it's a waste of energy. So yeah, and, and for these guys who are just after a little bit of basic advice, it's not helpful for them. So. Christ, I hope they're not listening to this show. This won't be helping them at all. <laughs> not much. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, like it's there's I mean, we're in an era where there's a lot of tools to get the jobs done. Um and you can do it on a bit of a budget and you you know it's it's only seven hundred meters a match or five hundred meters, like it's you don't need a ridiculous setup. And so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I get a lot of private messages and I'll sort of try to take the time and um offer a few options and work in their price range and give them some advice if they ask for it. But um, as for the public groups now, I just mostly avoid it because it, it nearly gets pointless. A lot of it is just pointlessness, um, <laughs> as I've learned. Yeah. <laughs> what did you create, Graham? It, it was pretty entertaining for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, so. Uh, sorry, a uh, guy today, he's got uh, Bagara. He's got one of the, which is, I don't know, does Bagara use super heavy wood, but he's got a, was it the HMR, but the wooded one? And it is a really heavy gun. Okay. Um, had it in 6.5. I put a thermal on it because he was actually using it for like a pest control deer, you know, on his property gun. But he's come back and he's looking at putting it into one of the, tying back into the hunter class thing as one of the MDT, the new lightweight hunter chassis okay. rigs carbon fiber M- md what's it called mxs anyway whatever it's called yeah H- so hd yeah hd yeah why someone listening in <laughs> yeah. this is where i want you to actually post what it is that you've got coming in um, yeah yeah so yeah i think that'll be quite 26 thank you blair um, I, I think that'll be quite um from section 22 anytime now <laughs> Value added, you're the only person to give us a right. Anyway, um, or, or you can get it through me and how Graham, get your dealers. You could probably actually be selling these as well because, you know. I could right. I could sell a lot of things, but I don't. Talking of which, please, yeah, I know. Uh, I'm currently refilling in my renewal um, yeah. app form for that. So I get to finally experience the new application form. So that's 
Fantastic. All right. Uh, so, yeah, so that'll be interesting because he's going to lighten that up. He's going to, um, I was going to actually talk to Ian, but he's thinking of sending it down to those boys and getting a carbon barrel put on it to lighten it. So he's, he's decided to go, he's like, no, it's definitely too heavy. It's like, it'll be originally, he's like, that'll be okay. So, no, it's, it's, I've been out with it. It's too heavy. I'm not doing that again. Yeah, spend the money, spend the money. <laughs> oh, that's cool. It's all good. Yep. It's got a thermion on it. It's a nice, a very nice oh, yeah. deer culling. So he's, he's not afraid of spinning, but a dosh. No. No, I don't know. And and it will, without being silly, it'll be done right, which will be nice. So <laughs> I have I a have, with the Thermion, whatever. I play with the XP scope heat, but it's the binocular that goes with it. Yes. Yep. With, and it's a rangefinder one. Yep. That was um, a cool piece of kit. Well, the trail. No, the trail is the scope. We're looking we're looking at one. Yeah. It's yeah. so it's, it ranges out to a K over a yep. K, like twelve hundred meters at night. So you can because one thing I've struggled was, with, oh God, run thermal now. It's, it's depth it's right. We did a whole show on it last week, so that's that's fine. Yeah. Thermal night, but I've, I've struggled sort of figuring out how far things away or sizes yeah. of animals to the point where I've thought hedgehogs were small pigs. Yep, that's a whole other story. Well, are they not? <laughs> but they don't, yeah, actually, they don't, are they yeah. not? When you think about it, really? Well, not when you think it's a pig at hundred meters and it's a hedgehog at twenty. Yeah. Um, but uh, oh, here you go. It's the accolades. That's Thank you. There we go. Because the owner just, he's listening. He just missed. Excellent. All right. We'll be, um, we'll be in touch. Know, at least, we need at least one, one person's listening. So that's, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. And it's yeah. the one that we plug it. Oh, that's fantastic. All right. And it is, it is, they are cool, man. They yep. are just because, like I said, we were looking at some um, later on, looking at some animals off in the distance and how far away are they? Oh, they're, they're 1200 meters. Now I'm not going to bother, you know. Um, but normally I wouldn't be able to tell how far things away unless I knew where that part of the property is. So. Um, well, we've 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 got a methodology. We tend to spot them with a the handheld thermal and then switch. And normally, we've been using uh, torches and traditional optics for that ID factor rather than yeah. shooting. And we use the thermal scopes at uh, at a trail two and a um, thermion sitting there. And it was a bit of an issue. You kind of like, is that we just need to double check? We're going to come back off. Just double check what it is we're looking at. And it's got me seriously thinking about a thermal bino or thermal handheld and then switching over to night vision for the actual shoot shoot. Mm. Um, just for a, for that final ID of what it is that you're looking at. Yeah, I, um, I don't have a lot of trouble bar the hedgehogs um, IDing because <laughs> like we'll see pigs quite often they'll go between the sheep or the sheep don't yes. like them. But it's very, I find it quite easy to differentiate between like um, pigs and well, goats. We're and trying to differentiate between birds and trees. Yeah, it's a bit different, mm. but um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting anyway. But we don't get cool. many of the pigs up in trees. Um, you probably don't get too many pigs running around South Auckland either. Well, <laughs> anyway, let's not different different type. <laughs> um, anyway, carrying on. Um, yeah, just what well, I just sort of mentioned. I had a play with them. They are impressive, um, very impressive pieces of kit, and that range finding feature is. Um, once you've used it, you don't, you don't want to not have the option there. Yeah. Um, I mean, because then you can theoretically take a shot at night if you had the gear we could dial up. I don't know. Or, you know, there was your debt, whatever. It's It just opens up possibilities um, beyond 100 metres, 200 metres. Oh, it's – well, the, the, we've got the – the Trial 2's got the rangefinder in it as well. So, yeah, you can sit there and on the scope and range the thing and spot it. And I can see deer, pig, bigger – Angular, bigger animals where they're a bit easier to differentiate. Yeah, easy, easy, piss yep. piss. So yeah, very um, good. But yeah, just the smaller stuff. We've just uh, just been we've been talking about it just for that. Yeah, that final ID for a few things like mm, 
might be, you know, so, and it's an excuse to get some good old traditional style night vision, you know. So any army boys who want stuff You could get to, some of the, just, what are they called, nodes? Nudes? Tunes? Yeah, the nodes? four wave or everything. Yeah. Because that'll, that'll look really good. Pest control, central Auckland, running around with night vision <laughs> goggles on. <laughs> with a, with a PCAT AR-15. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. <laughs> yeah, can't see that being a challenge. Right at the moment, though. <clears throat> What's that? Put right in at the moment. That'd be good. Yeah, but yeah. Just, just hang around a hotel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Gang. So yeah, so that has been it. What it, what it has interested me to do as well, and maybe it's going to be a new Facebook page. I don't know. We'll see if I get into it after I finish my fishing page because you know I'm getting into fishing now. But um, ear guns, because um, been shooting those, and I've gotten a little bit like, oh, actually, that's. Yeah, actually, those are really quite fun to shoot, you know. I've been wanting to play with some high-end air guns. Mm. I don't know anyone who has any, so I can't just, like, borrow Wait, stuff. When you come down to Omaru, I can arrange it. I was going to say, I'm when you come there, up, I'm only come up here, come visit as well. I don't I don't go to Auckland. It's full of horrible no. Aucklanders. And you, Kerry, you're all right. You're Jeff and me. Yeah, you well, Jeff and See, at least me and Jeff are south, so you don't have to go into Auckland. You can kind of – we can meet <laughs> you on the outskirts, I suppose. I'm sure, I'm sure we can arrange a night shoot for you. Pigeons and some cats. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 Omaru. Yeah. Legit. <laughs> Pigeons and cats. Now this one's got a collar. Oh, you just take that off, throw that away. <laughs> Seriously, if there's any there with the collar, they get shot too. Yeah. yeah. Um how yeah, because when are we we're down in a month, aren't we? About a month. Three weeks. So, yeah. We've got a whole Taranaki team going down to Omaru. Oh, which nice. would be good. So it's me, Simon, sorry, Simon, Mark, Angus, and I uh, heading down there. Um, I should, actually, I should start loading some ammo like Ian is. Are we going out for dinner after the Saturday? We are, aren't we? Yeah, we, yeah well, I think we'll do dinner on Saturday night. Yeah, that'd be good because yeah. I don't know what else we're going to do. We've yeah. got an Airbnb or something. I don't know. Mark yeah. sorted it out. And the last time he sorted out accommodation, it was the Oasis and we didn't have running water. But <laughs> yeah, is this a second chance or what's the? Well, normally Phoebe books all my my lovely <coughs> wife Phoebe. She books yes. all my um, trips and shit because I'm useless. Um, and then sort of Mark's been doing it, so I think she's been a bit like, oh, you know, oh, you don't need me to. So, but then it was such a disaster <laughs> last time. I think she's like, <laughs> oh, you get Mark to book the trip. See how that goes. For you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's, we'll see. Um, so Mark's organised everything: flights, vehicles. Combination, so we might not actually see it on Maru. <laughs> we might end up in freaking Papua New Guinea or something. Otaki, Otaki. Yeah, excellent. Well, I look forward to the uh, follow-up podcast on that one then as well. Then, uh, Graham, yeah, yeah. As you oh, continue no doubt tour. that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, no. I'm actually, I'm sort of trying to figure out whether I shoot the six five or the six mil of that match. Probably the six mil. Six mil. Yeah, it's only it's only not very long range. It's seven eight hundred meters, isn't it? So it's max seven seven hundred max, I think. That's and all you need. Most of um, it's going to be lots of barricades and shit. Oh yeah, barricades it, and shit. Ben's meant to be sending me the um the stage briefs to check on uh, rules and stuff. Mm-hmm. We'll go over that the next day or so, hopefully. Sweet, sweet as yeah. It's going to be fun. Yeah, no, it will be it'll be good. There's good crew all going, so it'll be good. Mm. Yeah. So I was watching a video today of a PCP air gun oh, yeah, with the gun. chronograph built into the end of the muzzle 
and with the LCD screen on the side of it. So once you've set all the projector weights, your aim velocity and everything, the thing starts self-regulating because it's measuring the velocity of every shot, feeding it back into the brains and just oh, yeah. running the gun that way. Shit. Serious? Yeah, Can we get that for a centerfire? Why can't I have a chronograph? Well, I suppose you could run a magneto speed, but it's, you know. Um, yeah, Steve, Steve, who are saying that we could arrange the um, PCP to have a play with at the, at the shoot, um, his normal regulated one without the flash that you're just talking about is, um, uh, I think he's getting like ones or twos spread over yeah. 10 or 20 rounds. It's crazy. Oh, and velocity spread. Yep. Oh yeah. Wonderful. I mean, no, I've always I, like my my experience with air guns or slug guns because that's what I grew up knowing them as a slug gun was the break open pretty, but then you start looking and get exposed to it. You're like, holy hell! Yeah, I watch so. um a, a few YouTube channels that shoot them a lot, along with Cinefire, yeah. but they put some big money into it. That's the trouble. I'd like to do a few um for what I do, but it's just, that's oh, it's another ones I have to know. put into other stuff, you know, um, so yeah. watch it, and whether it even be like popular um yeah well you're talking another niche of a niche of a niche although um maybe not locally i don't know i, I mean this is the thing i then there's probably a massive a massive air rifle shooting community in new zealand that you're just not you know so yeah, yeah. when i was looking, looking at today I had one of the big accutacs on the bottom of it as well so i thought that was kind of funny that's like that's that's some pretty serious bipod game you got going on the bottom of you well i mean they're putting big um, centerfire up because the PCP you can run normal optic, can't you? Not like yep. a spring spring powered gun, which wrecks nope. even night forces beats a, and stuff. Beats the crap out of everything, yeah. Yeah, with its multiple recoil, however it works. Anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, they get big precision style scopes and bipods and. Um, yeah, I've um, I told Steve that he that he can shoot his PCP at the rimfire match. Probably, prob- if he wins, uh, I'll probably might have to kick him out. But then you have to ban him, yeah. Yeah. But I've told it would be, yeah, if I ask them to come and shoot it, it'd be, it'd be entertaining. It'd be good fun. That would actually be quite entertaining because it can, what is it a 22 or a 17 or a 30 or? Yeah, as well. 22, yeah. So. We'll just change the name for the weekend to a 22 shoot. A 22. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Until someone turns over a 22 Creedmoor. Yeah. There's always no, I, I think they are. I think they are cool, and it, and it is an area that's not particularly well explored in New Zealand. Um, on the side of sh- the stuff we do, um, <laughs> on on the centerfire long range shooters side sure. of things, well, no, well, even, it's not even really. What I see, like I'm a member of a New Zealand airsoft, uh, not airsoft, yeah. Go on. Um, uh, whoa, 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 time, time. Whoa, We're not going. Whoa, whoa. airsoft. Is that if we're talking air guns, PCPs, here, know, mate. Not, we're not, we're not going to airsoft. Yeah, um, but I, yeah, there's a, I'm in a group that. Sh- it's about that, and, um, but again, it's not a particularly active group. It's, um, no, no, no. Um, I, I think again, it's a crossover thing. I mean, for the PCPs, you're still talking licensed anyway, so if it's there's a it's a it's different from um, yeah your your BB airsoft side of things because we're speaking, still being re- regulated. Speaking of, but speaking of airsoft, <coughs> yes, I'm going to be putting up a series of pictures of automatic firearms over the next few months. They are all 100% yes. real. Just for anyone listening, they are not. They are that awesome and modern and all sorts. They are not airsoft, though. They are real fair income. Have you like, had people saying you're putting up photos of airsoft guns? Oh, people no. think I take pictures off the internet. But no. All my own photos, I'm taking the photos of these machine guns, but they are real guns. No, some of these things are that cool and that hard to get. 
uh, modern stuff that it's, yeah, yeah. I don't believe they're real. But yeah, there's some fit, cool fair income shit like. Real so cool. you're doing opposite to the police where they they get a airsoft gun and say it's the real one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I just like putting up different stuff. Really, what I do is with with the stuff I make and videos and stuff I play with. It's just stuff I like. Like it's like what what do I find interesting? But I don't find it interesting. It's not going to be on there. Sorry, um, sorry. Another tangent, but related to this as well. Is just having a conversation with a guy today because I've got two rifles in my, oh, I've rifle and a shotgun in my safe that I bought, and I don't have many guns, but I do have two rifles, firearms in my safe that I bought just because of what they were. I thought they were cool, but now they sit in my safe. So mm-hmm. every month or so, I just pull them out, look at them. I don't generally shoot them. I don't really intend. One's a shotgun, twelve gauge. I don't intend to. But I was musing over the the notion of what is required to display them on a wall, and then they're I was considered like, "Considered a firearm? I know they're considered a firearm, but can we put a like a chain bolt rack? I mean, reading the rigs, you could because they can I don't have a think display get, case. I don't think you'll get past much of that with the new rigs. The old ones you could have. I'm not. I'm. I should also say I'm not going to bother because I figure there's going to be more yeah. effort than so, it's worth. I, I still bump into a lot of people that think. Oh no! I took the firing pins out of that old Damascus shotgun. Doesn't no. matter. No. Now, e- even if okay, there are <coughs> whether this has been affected by the new new stuff. I probably probably should check, but there are firearms that would technically be restricted as in C or B category that because of their age are not. So like percussion revolvers. Mm. Um. So like pre eighteen nineties stuff is considered just an antique. Yeah. So you can own like a cult single, <clears throat> single action revolver. Now, an original one, not a modern reproduction. Replication. Yeah. Um, and you can have that on no license, but it still must be stored like a firearm. It may not be held in public, can only be transported for, yeah. for um, to, to show or to sell, etc. cetera. Um, can't be shot. Um, usually pretty old too, probably don't want to. Um, so there's that stuff. And then there's old shotguns, but old shotguns fall straight away into firearms. You cannot oh, put them on the wall. You cannot no, weld no, them up and put a... them on the wall. You cannot lead the barrels and put them on the wall. It is still a firearm by New Zealand law. So even if... So can you uh, not... Can, did you say you can't weld the bar- barrels? Well, you can weld them up, but it's still a firearm by law because someone can yeah. come in and with a basic amount of engineering skills make that gun work again. Now, one thing we have seen over the years is, so like the United Kingdom and... Um, and the rest of Europe, there is certain uh, parts of the EU and, and now England separate that allow um, deactivated firearms. So you buy like a MG42. It's got like holes drilled in the barrel, holes drilled in the receiver, the bolts freaking cut in half or some shit. Like the paperweights. Sometimes the action can work depending on what um, state you live in, uh, sorry, country. Um, and the whole deactivation certs with them, like mm. official certifications. Now, people try bringing them into the country and then they're shock horror, they see category firearms. So even if it's deactivated, um, so if you import yeah. a deactivated firearm into New Zealand with the appropriate permit, um, it will have to go on a C if it's like it's a same automatic. And but you could then restore it to operable condition, not shoot it, but you could put a new barrel in it, repair the yeah. receiver for display purposes. Um, so as for putting guns on the wall, you can't really do it. Oh, it, it all it does is it just reminds me long-term plans. I just need to build the man cave where I can actually have a room of style construction big enough that it can I can do this in it and still actually have the thing on the wall. 
Yes, so exactly. So you can you can build a walk-in gun safe that is yeah. appropriate for your category of firearms. So you, I don't I haven't seen many for A category stuff, but no, B, because why B, almost B. like yeah, why would you almost bother? But I'm gonna oh, read yeah. a huge collection of like surplus firearms, but generally yeah. they've got machine guns as well. Yeah, yeah. So I'll have a uh, either a, a, a reinforced cinder block room, you know, concrete yep. filled, or they'll have literally six millimeter steel, essentially and, uh, a walk-in bank safe, and yeah. um, they'll be lined out nice timber cabinetry. Uh, there's some real beautiful ones around that are just like um, awesome museums you walk into, and you can. Yep. If you know the person, a, there's a few. The there is a few floating around up Auckland as well. That, yeah. yeah. So I've I've thought about. I'd like to do it. Have a one that's. I've always thought a reasonable size room that's half timber, like I've got in the background. Yeah. And then the other half like ultra modern, so like precision, and then like World War One. Mm. Like, but but anyway, and then have same thing of a studio in it or something. But but that's the thing. Like, it becomes a lot of effort just for me to have two guns on the wall. I'll put it that way. However, yeah, you not, always whenever you're looking at houses, you go, you got a basement. <laughs> but even just building have you room. got a pleasure room that uh, might be able to refit <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I know two guys that built um, stout rooms for just for ACATs yeah yeah so so ACATs a lot simpler because mm. I mean the, the what is considered ACAT now has slightly changed hasn't it but um, but really you should be <clears throat> making it as hard to get into as possible oh um, which we all should be doing for all storage regardless. We've, we've, anyway. we've okay. talked yeah. about it before the in the past. Mm. People, and it was a big issue in the previous um, rules we had, but people doing the minimum and police encouraging the minimum, saying, yep. you know what, you can get away with just fucking chains and crap safes that were coming in direct out of China, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's, it really should be do the best you can afford, if not better, to prevent people who should not have access to firearms, be it mentally unstable people, children, theft from accessing your firearms. It's yeah. um, and then it's not just safes; it's other countermeasures, bolts on doors, uh, alarms, security cameras. Um, I, I had doors. a I had a gun turn up yesterday with a trigger lock on it, which was one of the first ever's. And I was explaining the, I think my article's out in Rod and Rifle now um, about you know safe storage transport of firearms and you know incapable of discharge is the yeah. term we like to use and the, the notion of of transporting your gun with the ammo in the bag with the bolt in the bag with everything in the bag and um which technically i don't illegal it's not it's a breach of you know you can't have your ammo in your gun bag with everything else if it's a nice little gift wrap package ready to go mm. you've you got to think about it um, whereas this was guy had turned up and he'd obviously went, yep, he'd listened at the course I'd done and put a trigger lock on it. Yeah. And because it's, we won't argue, it's easier to transport stuff, everything together. Um, but yes, this firearm was incapable of discharge. I'm like, okay, that's, that's actually the first time of all the guns that ever turned up, someone had actually thought about it, you know? Um, I think if you buy a Browning, they, I've bought several Brownings and they come with one. Yeah, a lot mind. of them do. All the Rugers do, Brownings do, Remingtons, yeah. I think, do. I've, Savage. I've thought about using them moving between regions. Um, mm. But I've, I've always had this immense fear of getting to Tokarara or something. And not having the key? Where the frick did I put that key? We've all got bolt cutters anyway. I don't. You wouldn't work with a trigger lock, but... No, it wouldn't work for a trigger. You maybe... <laughs> I like put the gun down range. You can really carefully try and shoot the lock out. 
no, but like, but yeah, you're right though. It's, but then it's like things like um, there's always been this issue of people transporting firearms and then leaving the car to go do something on yep. a trip, pay for fuel. So how do you pay for fuel, right? Yeah, you can't. You've well, the firearms act. Well, you keep it's a funny way. If you keep it under sight, now this is normally we don't go political or we don't crop, but the the for people, there's a new tranche coming through as well. And I read the bit which was related to the transport of firearms. And it's quite interesting because they're actually pretty much acknowledging that issue. And there is some, um, there's methodology in there that kind of covers it off. Well, that's in, good because in a I mean, smart if you, way. If you just had like gun bags, a uh, gun yeah. bag shape, even rifle cases now, they look like, they also look like a big tool case. So it's a yeah. valuable item for theft. So there's these things, like you say, cover them up, put some rubbish on top. Well, it's inter- they're, they're pushing, and I also see it, and I, I can see it hard to implement. They're pushing to have the thing bolted or somehow connected to the vehicle, the bag or the case to the vehicle, which is not... That's, that's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not Well, it's not a bad idea, but I can see it's one of those things where people may not necessarily do it because it's going to be a lot of work to run well, a chain around it. Right. Well, what do you, yeah, you'd have to run a chain. Like if around what? Of, it's, it's common in smaller cars to put the um, rifle bags behind the front seats. Yeah, between there and, and the footwell of the rear passenger. Um, so you'd, it, the one is a question: What exactly we're we going to bolt it to? You can potentially go if you've got um, uh, kitty seats, the anchors for that. Maybe there's a there's a product there. Someone can use that for a chain for that. But there, I, don't quote me on the wording, but there is basically the, the concept that you can lock it all up, run an alarm on it, lock it, it's secured, and then you can actually walk away from it for a minimal amount of time to pay for the petrol, take a piss, whatever you need to do, not go shopping, not go for a three-hour meal, but there's there's an allowance in there and an acknowledgement that sometimes it happens. So um, what will normally – generally we, we go away, even in hunting, we'll go away in pairs. Um, yeah. Or in competitions, it's generally always several of us, so – all right, us three on adventure somewhere, blah, blah, blah. All right, Kiri, all right, I'll pay for your lunch. I'll go and buy it. You're yep. in the car. You're, and then yep. we'll bring you. We're not, we're not going to eat in a restaurant. We're going to stay on the road. Well, yeah, stretch our legs, maybe around the car directly, but it's just yeah. toilet. Someone stays in the car. That's how well, we like I say to people, we just park in front of the window that we then sit in to eat our meal. So yeah. it doesn't, it's not, there's a difference between out of the vehicle, but we're still actually actively overwatching the thing because we know what's in the back. Um, and, yeah, just walking away from it, it as well. Um, and we've done the same thing. It's, yeah, you might both be sitting there or someone needs to pee. The other one sta- is basically sitting there looking at the vehicle. The thing doesn't leave yeah. your sight um, at, at any point. But it, it is harder when there's one of you. But, again, so like I say, there's a, there's a, there is a difference between you stopping, quickly ducking in for a pee or going and buying all the groceries for your five-day hunt and being in, in the shopping centre for half an hour, you know? They're, mm, they're, yeah. That's a difference. Um, legally, at the moment, I understand it's, it's that's a bit, you know, but, uh, yeah, so. I don't know. Don't stop at the public restrooms. Go half an hour down the road and take a piss on the side of the road out the, yeah. out the next of a truck. It's the other way you can, you can work it. It's doable, so, you know. Yeah. I don't know how we. Where do we get on that? Oh, because I was going to put guns on my wall. <clears throat> yeah, so maybe just don't put guns on the wall. I know, but okay. But the point being, so we've got build a, build a gun room first, and then build a gun room. Yeah, yeah, and then do it. But the point being is, yeah, I've got these fire, which I'm sure you've. I'm sure you've more got many more than me in this case, for Graham. But yeah, of having firearms there that 
that you kind of want to check out and have them for the pure enjoyment of looking at some things, basically, but they live in a oh, safe. Yeah. So. Especially older stuff. Um, yeah. A lot of it's never destined to be shot or to be shot once and uh, put back into retirement. So it's, um, but, mm. but like I, I used to be, yeah, want to see them, want to see them all the time, but I usually do a display each year at our local gun show, which I help organise a little bit. Um, so they come out, people see them, people can appreciate them. Um, I would like a gun room, yes, like a big scout room. Um, mm. That'd be pretty cool, but it's just, it's a lot of dosh. Like even though I, I, I do engineering for a job, so like I can fabricate everything myself, but even just buying the steel. Um, you should you should channel some of your influencer income towards it. You reckon? Yeah. Yeah, I could just I could just looking for sponsors. Yeah. yeah, Fletchers. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, to be honest, I work for the big biggest engineering company in New Zealand. So yeah, you do. It, yeah, it's actually. Yeah. <laughs> have you have you noticed as an aside that a lot of the the hunting TV shows their main sponsors are actually building engineering companies these days? Or like timber timber yeah. companies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or long yeah. run spouting is the other one that I've, I've noticed has popped up because yeah. you know. Yeah. Man, so, I need I need a sponsor. Yeah. Someone just to give me. I don't need a lot. Just like ten grand a month. <laughs> that's the thing it's just like yeah it's it's like uh, i've been watching a lot of the itm fishing show i'm like yeah okay all right cool they, they just let you get on doing what you're doing that's cool yeah yeah uh, yeah but uh, yeah, yeah it's life uh, we don't do this like you see it's just for fun oh but you know well, might, attend, the, might attend precision might attend shooter or you know something like that i don't you know I... <laughs> speaking of that i yeah. do have i do have well speaking of Matches. I do have a match coming up. Um, first weekend of July. I was going to yes. try and move it around because it clashes with the match down south, but um, it's not going to work for the landowner. Just going to stay first weekend of July. It's probably going to be mm. wet. Um, so bring a wet weather gear. Um, yeah, maybe a rifle cover if, you, if you're that precious. As long as I can see the chamber flag, you can use a rifle cover. I've got a um, bunch of rifle covers if you need them. Ring Blair, section 22. Just and eventually Blair will make a public Facebook page and then I can direct traffic to him easier. I annoy him about this every two weeks. He's sick of it. Um but yeah, no, it's it's yeah, that'll be we're looking for I'm looking forward to this match. It's not that I'll get to shoot it, but um just a, it's it's a good one. It's um polar opposite from the one they just shot at Alpine. There'll be very little prone. Yeah. Uh, oh, they'll be prone, but it'll be shitty prone. Uh, or like stressed prone. Um it's a good match. It's a real good yeah. match actually. Um, Excellent. And what's up next down south? Is it the uh, Boundary? Yep, Boundary Creek match yep. tomorrow. Yep, so that's a PRS-style match. It's not, not a PRS match because that's branded. <laughs> well, people are finally catching on to that, though. <laughs> they? Yeah. Well, some are, but I don't, and it, doesn't, it won't matter till the PRS decides to have a go at somebody, and they may not, and hopefully they never do. But uh, they're in Aussie. Imagine, you imagine trying to take a New Zealand shoot to court. <laughs> well, you pay damages of like forty eight dollars. <coughs> the last the last shoot I did, which is one of the biggest events we've had in the North Island, I had a hundred dollars left over at the end of it. <laughs> oh, you take the hundred dollars, whatever. <laughs> Sue me. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, it was just it was uh, just on the next match anyway. Yeah, exactly. But I, yeah, I, so I come uh, out with a hundred dollars and I gotta buy five hundred dollars with the Waratahs because they're all freaking yeah. broken. 
Blair, so when's when's your twenty two season start up again? Is it later? Or what what's the deal? Uh, yeah, soon. Um, I can't remember when it is actually, but I'm gonna. I've started to started to finally write down some um, some stages and stuff, and it is. Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember when it is now. Soon. You should have had it on the Friday before Banjo Creek. Then I could have shot it. And- <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the day after the Sparrowhawk uh, teams match, which is like oh, 17th, 18th of July or something. Yeah. No, June. When's, June. when's the one, um, uh, the Remarkables match? Is it uh, August? August. Hold on a sec. I should do things properly and have, actually get it up on my screen and have a look. Hold on. Bring up, bring up that um, handy posty thing that you actually made. Poster that I made. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we still really haven't match. confirmed our date on there either, but that's. Add my match high. too for the first weekend of July. Yeah. So uh, the Sparrowhawks teams is the 31st of July and then the 1st of August is my first match. There you go. So, but before that, it's, uh, second and fourth, second to the fourth of July. Of yeah, July is the Hamner Practical Rifle Match. So that's run by um, the Alpine Long Range guys. Mm-hmm. When's the When's the Night Force Remarkables one? Uh, August twenty seventh to 29th. Three days. Well, it's two days of shooting, and then there's a third day as a backup or a hungover. Okay. okay. Yeah. It was very very hungover last year. They're open now. This that one's going to be a little bit more um, advertised and a few more spots available this year, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I'm just thinking about Phoebe wants to go on holiday, so I'll go to that shooting. Yeah, well, Queenstown's a terrible spot to go on holiday. Oh, there's yeah, too many I'd... people. In, there's too many people in Queenstown. But, um, too many Aucklanders there, really. Mm. It's just like a little Auckland with a flash mountain and a few. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I, I quite like the. I know it's cliche, but I quite like the Corona hotels. So I might stay there for a bit. Anyway. Um, yeah, I'm thinking about heading down to that one. I want to try to do a couple of South Island matches a year. That um, the Remarkables one was awesome last year. It was yeah. heaps of fun, yeah. and um, yeah, I think they're I think they're doing a bit more work to make it even more better. Better, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I won't get to shoot my match, so it's um, yeah. come down yeah. here and shoot ours then. That's the plan. Valid plan. Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah, Drake Terry down with you. Well, yeah, depending on dates, it's actually going to be more feasible in the future, to be blunt. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, last thing, uh, when are you bringing your press stands to market, Graham? Do you want one? I can make you one. You want one? Well, actually what I can do, although then if I do that, Matt's going to be offended because, you know, I do happen to have a fabricated welder up here as well. Um, yeah. No, what did I, I need to get another plate. I've got the, um, oh, God, inline fabrication uh, quick swap out system i just need to get yeah. a couple more top plates made up for that yeah. or order well, them I just, or something I, I like those too but i just um i can make things well you know like i do not as as i'm sure anyone would if they had the ability to make one of those why would you buy one if you can it's make about it? as simple know. as it, you can imagine they're about as simple to make as you can imagine but again it's just having access to heavy materials and well that's yeah, yeah i said to somebody today they're talking about me taking their gun out and and cronying it and setting all, all the data for the cds dials and I, they're like oh we're pretty you know it takes time and everything. i'm like I'll be honest it doesn't actually take a huge amount of time but it does take a fair amount of equipment that i've bought over the years and one day i realized that over the years how much i've spent on gear and knowing how to use it gear quickly and yeah. 
So that's what you pay for, not how long it takes me. That's not what, yeah, it's actually not an yeah. hourly rate that you're paying for. So I even built some, um, oh, Jeff put a picture up and he's got like these Lee shell uh, die holders. Yep. I was like, oh, my boss of those. And I was like, actually, I'll just make some. So I just put some up. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just a bit of free time. <laughs> oh, hey. It's, I got, it's yes. cool. It's cool seeing some of the projects turn up locally made stuff. You're kind of like, eh, it's actually kind of cool. So yeah. I, I can't be bothered making them and selling them. Like I made, I made them for a few friends and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I just don't like, like I mentioned in the post, that you, you end up having to put your, your RAM forward of the table. So it's sort of out here. Yeah. So it's off the bench. And then it's also low. So I'm, you know, it's over six foot tall. So you're looking down. Well, I think that's a big thing is getting them up. And that's what the, the and for me, the inline fabs did the same thing. They lifted up to standing height and working yeah. standing height on a press is awesome compared yeah, to, so, yeah, the so press going, even. yeah, it's high. It's, well, it's about as high as yours, I think, but it's when the guys mount their presses directly down onto them and they're that, you know, height. It's yeah. just like, even if you're using a standing ergon, almost having them up higher and pulling it down just work better. What, what I've been sort of, I haven't got a perfect, but I hate, um, like, flex in a bench when when you pull your ram down i see some of it's horrendous like their print their, their press will move several inches um in the direction that they're pulling the handle so i've got steel underneath my timber bench so it's like a fish plate so oh, it's yeah. just imaging it's not perfect yeah, yeah. I, I need to go something heavier um but I, i'd happily but i don't want a steel bench for obvious reasons so the steel hidden in it anyway but the idea is you pull your ram down and you're getting very little like if you if you put a like a micrometer dial on it, you're going to see some some flex and everything. But I just always dislike that that um, movement and and presses. Like you're you're playing with a precision item and mm. flopping around. Although, am I right? Right, I've always because guys have always said that with you need super steady bench for it. But but I would have thought that the design of the press it should be moving within it's self contained. Yeah. The actual flex. I mean, you're losing energy literally pulling it towards you, so I tend to hop because mine moves a bit, so I'm actually mm. pushing that way. So it's not bottoming out the press. You can only bottom it out as far as bottom. You can't go any more than that. Yeah. Yeah, but, but you're still flexing things. You're still – oh, no, it's probably not going to make much of a difference, but it's just one thing I prefer to just – Oh, I, 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 still, I still agree. A, a table yeah. that doesn't move, just everything is nicer for it, but I, I think it's – yeah, there's the big hunk of metal. So because you can have a Lee portable one that's not on a bench, and those are acceptably accurate as well. Yeah. So it's 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 not oh, yeah, necess- the accuracy is fine. And and like I said, yeah, yeah. If, you're just, if you're just shooting out to a thousand meters, God, calm down. It's <laughs> oh, if you're just out to a thousand, I mean, Jesus. Well, we well, know you know what I mean, but it's, it's I know I know what you mean. Yeah, it's uh, the, the, the the more I do it, the less I worry about it. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like oh, twenty five per second um, velocity spread. I'm like, well, I don't really care. Yeah. Work <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just try to eliminate a few of those things. Like I need to upgrade. Like someone commented on my presses. Like I've got an old RCBS which has very little run out. Like yeah, put dial indicators on. It's very solid. It's but the only issue being it's a small frame, so I struggle even um, with some of the longer projectiles and short action cases. Okay. Yeah, um, especially with running some of the Hornaday dies. They've got a um, a little um, guide that falls down through the seating die. So yes, I have to fiddle around with gotcha. it. Uh, the Lee, the Lee one, I just use that for decapping, and then I've got the old Spartan, which is like it's horrendously sloppy. This thing, like it's, they were twelve ninety nine when they're brand new. That should say something about how old it is. I, I was <laughs> but, using one of them from a match ammo tool a year ago. Yeah, and that's the thing; it's, it's acceptable. But what I use it for is, um, it's some of the old. I use a Lee Auto Prime hand thing imager, which take mm-hmm. a 
um, bespoke shell holder, a Lee shell holder, which is not the same as your ones on your press. Yeah. So I can't always get the shell holder I need to prime some of this weird old stuff I play with. So I prime off the Spartan. Right. It's got a quite a simple manual priming system that you just poke yep. a primer in and flick it. Yeah, yeah. So people go, why do you got this junky press? I'm like, well, because it does surplus ammo well good enough. Like I'm shooting an old 140-year-old gun. It doesn't matter. Um, but I would like, I'm either going to get a Dylan 650 or something, and then I'm gonna, I want to get maybe a, a new rock chuck or something. But it's just, mm. Eventually. I've got to go look at a Dylan maybe the next, maybe this weekend. Um, you might you might better win a um, Reading Big Pass press at the uh, Boundary Creek match. Well, I do have good history of winning awesome prizes, so maybe I just <laughs> wait out for that. For that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, again, again it's, uh, I'm in no rush for it. Like the the little reading, the junior is um, yeah. it's a pretty solid little piece of kit, man, for an older press. Um, well, guaranteed if you if you order order and pay for one, then you'll win one in the weekend. Guaranteed, and then I'll have two. Yeah, smart. Twice as fast. Um, I do. I am going to play around with a bit more um, progressive loading on the Creedmoor side of things, just because I, I want to shoot a lot more of it. Um, yeah, but I don't want to spend my. So when I, I reload, I generally sacrifice sleep time for reloading. So I'll you're going to bed at like nine or thirty or something, I'll go in the shed for two or three hours, and so that's just me missing out on sleep. So if I can pull, streamline it, um, pull that back a bit. Yeah, it's all good. Well, let me know if you go Dylan Way. Uh, let me know. I'll have a look around downstairs and see if I've still got any of that inline fab and the other guys because it's bringing in some pot roddy stuff. So I might have stuff that fits the 650. I'm not sure. Not sure. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll need your advice on a lot of it anyway. I'm, uh, yep. sort of, it, like I said, with the, the whole different neck sizing stuff, uh, some of the sides of reloading is new to me. So well, look, look, just the only thing, if you're looking at a 650, there's the, I went with a 550 because it doesn't have the auto progression on it. Mm-hmm. So you can manually six, turn it. Yeah, yeah. So if so, while you're setting up, you're just slowing that for the precision stuff. Whereas yeah. six fifty and obviously ten fifty, the big guys, they every time you pull the handle, it goes around. So if you're setting something up or you're wanting to change something, it's already turned around, and now it's a prick to get the thing to come back. Okay. With the five fifty, you just have to manually thumb it around each time, and it's not, yeah. you know, if you're doing pistol or two two three or stuff where you're just pulling arm. Then no problem, but precision. There's always some faffing going yeah, on still. So I only want so much precision. Like that's the yeah. Thing. I'm not yeah. after tiny little groups. I'm after like five shots in an inch with like yeah, an yeah. extreme speed of thirty. Yeah. So like just practice bulk. Like I'm going to start buying projectiles. Me and a couple of friends in bulk, powder and bulk. If I can come up with a load that works good enough. Yeah, like essentially way. just cheap American gunner. I'm just gonna. Make I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure if nothing else, I've got the uh, the powder dies and the funnels, which you'll need oh, to yeah. swap out. I mean, yeah. oh, are you gonna? Are you thinking throwing the powder, or are you still gonna measure and, and put it down? No, I want to. I want to throw it. Mm. So I'm looking oh. at that. Is it the new SA ball from Winchester? Like a ball powder for six five cream ones? Okay. Yep. Um, just I'm just gonna play with it and see if I can get it to work good enough. Um, well, then in that case, I. Shit, I'll have a look. I had some micrometer bars for the, the thrower mm-hmm. and some of the, although I think they come with them now as some of the power, things to put in the, the actual thrower to help out with it, but I'll, I'll have a yeah. look anyway. It's all good. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Something, anyway. and, 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 hey, it could be I throw a few grand at it and it doesn't work. But, um, 
Never happened before in the history of gun ownership, I'm sure, and precision rifle. No, we'll do some anyway. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right. Um, well, we'll go off live here, and um, then we can talk about some real juicy stuff. <laughs> See ya. Goodbye. See you, lads. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the show. Please, if you enjoyed it, make sure you're subscribed either by your podcast app of choice or by heading on to precisionshooter.co.nz and subscribing. Even better, if you want, you can support us directly by joining up, which also gets you access to all the articles and members only content not only on Precision Shooter, but also the bloke.co.nz. Thanks again for listening in, and uh, until next time. Have a good one.